Hey guys, welcome back to the Anime Collector and welcome back to the OCA podcast. That's the Open Chest Anime Podcast with myself, the Anime Collector, and my two co-hosts as always, Don Jobo Agi and FDDM. And tonight we've got a special guest in that we've got that mecha guy here with us uh, so that we can talk about Razafon later. Now, jumping right in, there's something I want to cover right at the beginning of this video just so that it's not cumbersome for people who want to share this information with people. And that topic is the Gunsmith Cats commentary controversy. So I want to walk you guys through what exactly happened. Uh, and we'll just sort of cover the whole fiasco that, that went down. Because I think that a lot of people are incorrectly uh, assuming things about it. And it's just, it's, it's gotten really out of hand. So I'm going to go ahead and screen share. Uh, just for the record, um, in... The description of this video is a link to our normal documentation where we've got on the Facebook group, uh, and there will be a link from there to what I'm about to show you, which is a Twitter moment where I archived all this stuff together, okay? So, let's see. Uh, way back when, when the when it first launched, the, uh, the Kickstarter on March 24th, uh, just to give you a little bit of backstory here, Robert J. Woodhead had mentioned he got started into a live stream. That was actually our live stream. Um, that's the one where he he jumped on the call. Just full disclosure here, uh, we we chatted with him. You know, we we do have sort of a connection uh, with Robert J. Woodhead, uh, and I'm just sort of going through this one by one here. He mentioned um, that same day he was sort of tweeting out and drawing more attention to a video released by Bennett the Sage, uh, and this will become important um, later, and. Uh, I guess right now. Um, so one of the things about Bennett the Sage uh, and the reason why he was making this video is because Bennett the Sage was included from the launch of the Kickstarter uh, as the commentary um, provider along with somebody else for episode two, right? Uh, then we've got we've got these tweets here. Um, somebody was mentioning that they, you know, they they like Animago, they've backed him in the past, but they won't give Bennett the Sage money or put him uh, in their, you know, giving them sh shelf space on their DVD shelf. Uh, and Robert J. Woodhead replied, don't worry, he's paying us. This is, this is going to become important later. Now, um, the, the reason actually why this is important, and, and first of all, obviously this is a joke, but it sort of comes into the idea that uh, what happened is that this is uh, where the controversy really begins right here. Um, so Amanda Wynn Lee uh, had posted this image on Twitter. And by the way, you can, um, if you go through and find the links and everything, the Twitter moments will take you to the actual tweets. Uh, you just have to click on them to actually, uh, to see them. And then you can use it to, to actually go to the, to the person's page or, or actually look at all the comments and replies and everything. I'll just note that certain tweets are unavailable, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, so she said, sad to say the Gunsmith Cats commentary will not happen. Animago said, if we want to work with them, we have to raise another 100,000 for them. I think you can still get your money back if you'd like. Now I want to point out here the the major issue is that there was a, a gross misunderstanding on behalf of Amanda Winley regarding what was needed from them and how the Kickstarter um, production model works. All right. So getting back to it, um, she had said 
that they would be on the hook basically to raise another 100K. And that's why I showed you earlier the joke, the obvious joke about Ben at the Sage paying them. Um, so, because that that is sort of fueling, I think, a part of this controversy that people think that Animago actually told them they had to raise the money, which is totally completely untrue. Um, now, there's also... Just to clarify, so let's let's actually keep going down. Well, okay, here this is important too. Uh, she also mentioned, uh, I think you can still get your money back if you like. Now, this is actually an area where I'm going to defend Amanda Winley here, because a lot of people thought that this meant that she was trying to tank the Kickstarter, uh, that she was, for lack of a better word, butt hurt over everything that happened, and that she wanted to actually tank the Kickstarter over this fiasco. Uh, just to clarify, for those of you who aren't aware, the reason she said this is because just prior to this, days earlier, uh, so just to clarify here, um, somebody actually suggested after after the stuff about Bennett the Sage and don't worry, he's paying us, uh, somebody had actually said, what bothers me about the, the Gunsmith Cats Kickstarter is that they have yet to add possible commentary from the English voice actors. It's early, but still. Amanda Winley exists, and so does Kimberly Yates. Have them there, right? Because this was the a screen cap of how the Kickstarter looked early on. Uh, this was a, a day after it had launched, and it said here, as we discussed in our uh, live stream, the English commentary track for episode uh, three was still to be determined, right? So this was suggested to them after the Kickstarter launched. Um, Robert J. Woodhead thought that was a great idea. Uh, also, somebody mentioned this in the comments of the uh, the Kickstarter. So there were, there were a couple different areas. I'm not sure exactly which one was first. I think it was the, the Twitter one, but it might have actually been the one uh, in, the, in the actual Kickstarter. Um, but basically, he actually went and reached out to them and then you know, sounds like a blast. Count me in, right? So they're they're actually getting they're moving forward on discussions about it. Um, he asked Amanda Winley to email him so that they could discuss the commentary tracks. And then this is this is where it gets important. Amanda Winley posted this image from the from the manga, said, "Trying hard to make a commentary by Kimberly Yates and me happen. Stay tuned." Uh, and then she mentions something about the anatomy here that is a little off. Um, and people started replying to that. I'm going to donate five at the $500 level to help make this happen. They were really excited. So other people are saying like, you know, fingers crossed, or actually I think, I guess Amanda Winley actually tweeted this. Um, but she, the, the point is uh, here that she was um, pumped about it, getting people excited. And it was, it was drawing people into the Kickstarter. Uh, and there were other people were saying stuff like, um, like this person right here, they they pledged at four hundred dollars and stuff, and they were tweeting this at Amanda Winley and at Kimberly Yates, right? So they were actually um, like, obviously, let's get the interview uh, and commentary going, blah blah blah. So her saying, just to, just in her defense here, her saying, I think you can still get your money back if you'd like. This was directed specifically at the people that had been hyped up and were buying in because of the idea that the commentary track was uh, going to happen, specifically because of her. Twitter account and because she was actually tweeting about it. So I just want to clarify that real quick. Uh, there's a lot more here to unpack though. Um, and if I go down here, first of all, uh, re right before we were uh, going to go live, I noticed that the there's supposed to be a tweet here. It says the tweet is unavailable. Um, it's because the, the person who tweeted it actually blocked me for some reason on Twitter. Um, 
and I, I, I mean, I didn't do anything ridiculous. I didn't. I don't think I even did anything to this person specifically. Uh, you'll see sort of the tweets that I suggested where where I was trying to clear up this obvious misunderstanding, but um, that person blocked me. But I just so happened to have archived the uh, the whole conversation, so I'll just cover what's going on here because what was actually said is kind of important because it furthers this incorrect uh, idea. So this person replying to the idea that um, that Kimberly Yates and Amanda Winley were, were going to need to raise the extra 100K for Animego, uh, they were saying, I couldn't see why you guys had to raise that money to work with them in the first place, to be honest, to which Amanda Winley replies, unbridled greed is an ugly thing. I'm just sad because Kimberly Yates and I were so excited and had so many great ideas. It was going to be a kick-ass commentary, and all we asked for for is is that it be done professionally and not in a hotel room at a con so this is another thing that people are pointing to incorrectly they're claiming because of that tweet that it being recorded at a con in a hotel room was on the table there's no evidence whatsoever that that was ever on the table all she is saying here is that the only, like, they were totally on board, wanted to jump into the project. The only thing they asked is, hey, let's do it professionally. Let's do it right, right? But that's not to say that the Animago came to them and said, hey, we're going to do it at a con. And she said, no, 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 we're going to do it professionally if we're going to do it at all. There's there's no evidence whatsoever to suggest it was ever on the table that it would be done at a hotel room. Um, that's just her saying, you know, that this was, like, I was totally open to do this. My only stipulation was I wanted to do it right. You know, that's all, that's all that that's saying. Um, and then to continue here, let me grab screen share this again, bring you guys up to speed on the rest of this here. Uh, I'm going to go through the archive one here just in case there's more that are missing. Um, so this person says, so sorry about this. I was so thrilled you two were able to do it, but it sucks. They were extremely ill prepared for it. To which Amanda Winley replies, this wasn't a lack of preparation on their part. They have more than enough money. It's This is just unbridled greed. So basically what I'm getting at here is that they're basically, well, let me, let me clarify here. Amanda Winley, not Kimberly Yates, is throwing Robert J. Woodhead under the bus, dragging him through the mud, uh, this whole time. And uh, this person replies, just saw they achieved their pledge goal already and so much more. Again, thank you for all the work you did for this series uh, years back. Seeing both you and Kim have a great passion for the series warms my heart. So this is another thing I've seen people take out of context here. They don't understand. It says, just saw they achieved their pledge goal already and so much more. I have seen numerous people who have claimed that that statement means that the stretch goal was added and that they hit it and already so much more. And then they were asking for more from Amanda Winley. That is not at all what that tweet says. It says they reached their pledge goal already and so much more, meaning they reached the 75,000 that the, that the, the project needed in order to be greenlit and, and, and continue. And that they're already, you know, more than 100%, and I think it was at this time 305% beyond the goal of the original um, of the original amount they needed to reach, right? Now, continuing, we also have here, uh, obviously, people just continuing this thing. There's a, this is the archive, so the GIF's not going to show up. Let me, here. Is this one? Um, 
I guess I'm out of the loop, but looking through the comments and what you've been saying, sorry to hear that they're being greedier than greed, Fulminal Alchemist reference, after reaching what you guys agreed on. And then Amanda Winley says, we never agreed to anything. They just slapped our names on there and then told us to raise another 100K for them if we wanted to work with them. For a 30-minute commentary, last episode only. Again, this is just a, such an obvious misunderstanding. So what she's saying here, um, they just slapped our names on there and told uh, told us to raise another 100K for them. So just to clarify, I archived the page that day that this was all going down, and I'll tell you what slapped their names on there means. If we scroll down to the commentary section, which just happens to be, or, or I should say the stretch goal uh, section, which uh, ends with sort of the commentary stuff. Or, so they've got um, they they got the commentary level they needed for Ben at the stage and Mark Swint, um, and they they continue to go over all the extra stuff that they're able to add. Under development stretch goals, completely re-edit and expanded making of featurette. English commentary track for episode three featuring to be determined. It's exactly what it showed the, at the beginning. Here's where their name comes in. Additional stretch goals. In previous campaigns, some of our best stretch goals have been suggested by backers during the campaign. If you have a good idea, post it in a comment. The most practical stretch goals are those that add content for a fixed production cost. For more information, see this project update. Some of our favorite suggestions so far is a commentary by voice actors Kimberly Yates and Amanda Winley. So did they actually slap their name on the project? No. What they did was say, this has been suggested by people. We like this suggestion, but in no way has this been officially labeled on the project that they were doing it before negotiations had been completed. This is just them saying, this is something that has been suggested and you know we're working on it. This is something we'd like to see. It's our favorite suggestion so far. It's basically the only one actually uh, listed here at that time, um, but this is again. It's this is a gross overstatement uh, of what actually happened. And again, this is wrong. That the, they were told to raise another hundred k. Again, obviously, it's a misunderstanding. But that's not how Kickstarter works. All right, this isn't a you have to do this for us kind of thing. Right now, continuing on, people are saying. Um, Considering there's already an English commentary book for Ben at the stage of Marksman, I I question greed being the reason. Um, if you were willing to do after the stretch goal is met, I don't see why they wouldn't have just posted you as a stretch goal. Um, I never agreed to anything. They slapped our names on it. So again, it's just it's just more about this claiming that 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 was the case. Uh, and then there's just more and more. And again, you can you guys can go ahead and read through. Um, you guys can go ahead and read through this, and I will I will include the archived version. Or well, actually, I shouldn't need to because you guys can. If you're not blocked by that person, you'll be able to uh, to see all the tweets without it being needing to go through this method. Um, but anyway, so people are just calling out. This is actually the same person that had blocked me saying, I still don't understand why you guys had to raise money for them though. I understand it takes money to make things, but why aren't they trying to raise it? Obviously they are. Now here's, here's a, a really important thing that needs to be addressed real quick. So having backed all the previous um, Kickstarters for Animago, uh, I, obviously know that Robert J. Woodhead spends a lot of time going back and forth between America and Japan, a lot of time talking with the companies in Japan, a lot of time talking with Kenichi Sonoda, a lot of stuff happens in person. I'm not sure if it's actually in my tweet here or because, I mean, we were 
when this was all unfolding, there was a lot of conversations going on, be it on Facebook groups and all these different things. But um, a, an observation I made was people were asking, why hasn't Robert J. Woodhead responded? This looks fishy because Robert J. Woodhead hasn't responded, to which I replied, it's 2.45 in the morning in Tokyo right now. I assume that Robert J. Woodhead is there, and that's why he hasn't responded, because the dude is asleep, right? So just to clarify, all this stuff is unfolding during a time when uh, the person being thrown under the bus is unable to respond because they haven't even seen this catastrophe unfolding. Now, back to just clarifying, and I'm, I'm sort of wrapping this up here because uh, I'm going to explain what actually happened, and I'm just going to I'm just going to show you the tweets real quick, but I'm going to just sort of go free uh, form on what's actually going here. Um, so Jimmy G here had actually covered a bunch of stuff that I thought was basically following a lot of the same stuff I was going to uh, say. Amanda Win Lee comes in here uh, in a reply to that says he insists it will cost over 80 K $80,000 to add one 30 minute soundtrack to the Blu-ray. It makes me sick when people exploit the fans like that. Now she jumped from a hundred K uh, which, which is the claim she was making earlier, down to 80K. I suspect that the reason for that is due to rounding up or perhaps that they were already 20K towards the stretch goal, so it was only 80K left. I'm not entirely sure why, but the number actually continues to change as we go on. This is where I jumped in. I said, have you taken it into consideration that the additional funding for the commentary track comes out of additional pledges to buy products that aren't free to produce? Most of the additional funding would go to the fees and production costs of products, not the commentary recording. If this has been taken into consideration, can you break down the numbers for us? And then other people were sort of jumping in saying other things. Like, for instance, this guy had, had mentioned that um, Chris Ayers uh, had said that a commentary adds around 10K to disc production. Uh, so people were throwing out spitballing numbers. I said a bunch of stuff here. This is the archive version, so it ends prematurely, actually. Um and uh, anyway, if you guys want to read more of it here, but I'll just I'll just sort of break down again what actually what this all boils down to, which is um, for anybody who doesn't understand. Yes, it's possible to up your pledge amount on Kickstarter in order to fund more of the project without actually requesting anything in return other than that you're trying to help them reach the stretch goal. That is possible, but the vast majority of the funding for the stretch goal is not going to come from people doing that. Like probably less than a percent of the additional funding is going to come from people actually doing that, right? So what actually happens is that in order to get to those stretch goals, you need to get additional funding. And the way you get that additional funding is from people pledging at a level where they get a product. So the lowest level that people are likely to, to pledge is for um, $30 for the bare bones. I should have grabbed one of these actually. I wonder if I have one right here. No, it's too, too far away. Actually, writing beam might be down there. Nope. Okay. It's over there. Anyway, um, but it's basically just the Blu-ray um, of, of the, the product. So it'd be since I have a blue right here, it basically just be uh, gunsmith cats in this form, right? Um, that's the $30 one. And I think the additional, uh, like the higher level, which people also could have been grabbing would be the, um, would be the $60 one. So I need to break down. I'm just going to break down the numbers real quick and then we can all sort of discuss our thoughts, our individual thoughts on this, but they list in the, Screen share this. 
so they list in the shipping details that the basic set costs six dollars uh and to ship to the u.s and anywhere else it costs fifteen dollars the premium set costs seven dollars to ship to the u.s and anywhere else is twenty five dollars now if i search basic and pull up right here pledge us thirty dollars or more that's the basic one so if you pledge to get this which just comes with uh, a digital download which doesn't cost them any additional money per person to get it uh and just the as i showed before just a standard blu-ray in a amra case that has the feature on it a gunsmith cats on it um then it's going to cost you thirty dollars plus six dollars in the u.s um, and plus 15 elsewhere, right? So if they were to get their additional funding um, through this, they're automatically losing, uh, let's see, in order to, to do what they had suggested. If I pull up a calculator here. So Amanda Winley said it was 100K. 100,000. Then 80K, and then $1. Divided by $36. Times six dollars, they're losing um, over sixteen thousand um, dollars, almost seventeen thousand dollars, just in the shipping costs. Right. Well, the shipping, um, so I don't think, is, uh, count towards the total baggage. It is. It, oh, is. Okay. it is. It's so. If you pledge the thirty dollars, you have to pledge the additional six, and I believe that actually adds into the total additional number on the counter, which gets you closer to the stretch goal. But it's it's brought down. Uh, by that, at least uh, that's how I understand it. So, so just for one thing, just for shipping at the lowest possible level for all of these sets being funded coming through the United States, then they're going to lose about seventeen thousand dollars. If they're shipping overseas, it's even more. Now, again, you you require less backers uh, in that regard. You require less backers getting you um, to like if somebody it, you will require less backers funding from out of the United States due to the additional. Um, money coming in through the shipping, uh, additional shipping costs than if it was the U.S., but regardless, um, that's still money you don't actually get towards the project. Now, you also have to consider the fact that um, the actual sets cost money to produce. So the number, the number here, the bottom line is that um, going forward to getting that 100,000, it's going to dwindle into a much, much lower number uh, before it finally gets to what can be used. So even though it seems like getting an additional 100K uh, is quite a bit, by the time they get there, the money left over through the markup price on the uh, on the sets that they're selling, they're only taking a small percentage of that. And that small percentage is what's put towards the additional um, feature in the hopes that that additional feature will bring in more sales, right? So in the end, uh, the number actually gets shrunk pretty significantly. And the bottom line of what it looks like is that that Amanda Winley was under the impression that they were already 305% beyond the goal that they needed, which meant to her that that was all profit for some reason. That it was her. It seemed to be her understanding that they only asked for 75,000. They're currently at. Come on, mouse. They're currently at 291,754, which you know is way above what they had asked for uh, initially. So it seemed that her understanding at the time is that 
because they have more than the, than the initial goal, everything beyond that was pure profit and they could easily afford to do this. And uh, to, to quote her, they, they were trying to use her to pad uh, their bank accounts. Uh, and in fact, I think I've got that tweet in here somewhere uh, about how she claimed that that was what they were doing and that they wanted her to do it. Um, anyway, so uh, I have I cleared that up? <laughs> Did I make that more confusing? Do you guys have any uh, comments you want to share about this? The novels sure, there might have been like one part or two that you could have slightly been more efficient, but I think you covered it all eventually. Like uh, bottom line, bottom line, the initial conflict was just at every really just a normal person well, mistake. Uh, now they mentioned a case. Here's here's you is it? This was an obvious misunderstanding, right? Amanda Winley went way overboard in her reaction. Yeah. And there's been there's been zero apology um from it's her. just like yeah, it's just like any episode of three's company. But you, that I'm just saying that this is where this is where this is why this isn't dead yet. It, why people are, are still irked about it. Um and I hate to say this, I really do, because I, I like her as a voice actor, especially as Rally in Gunsmith Cats. But it's just it's just really unfortunate, and I I'm kind of like I can't imagine I can't imagine going through all this being so incredibly wrong um, in your assumption about things, creating all this drama, dragging somebody who, quite frankly, is an absolute saint for taking all of this, dragging that person through the mud, and then not even clarifying that there was a miscommunication, and beyond that, even what really shocked me. Um, although in retrospect, it's, it seems obvious because having known the guy for so long, what really shocked me is that when Robert J. Woodhead finally did issue a statement about it, um, when, you know, clocks rolled over in Japan and he actually, uh, and I, I have no confirmation he was in Japan. I'm just assuming and it's the timing of him actually issuing the statement coincided exactly with around the time you'd expect him to wake up if he was in Japan. But, um, but his statement Literally, not as I put it before um, in a Twitter or a Facebook group, not only did he take the high road with everything, he actually circled back and lent a, a handout to pull Amanda Wynn Lee out of this hole she dug herself in so that she could take the high road. And then she didn't take the high road, right? <laughs> she continued to say, like... Why are you yelling? <laughs> I, I just can't believe it. Passion, um, she said, "Well, there's passion, but this also points out that maybe Robert Woodhead has raised daughters before, and this is isn't his first rodeo." I just want to say that I think I might have had a misconception about the misconceptions because I think when she said we need to raise another hundred thousand dollars, when I heard that, I thought she meant everyone in general on the Kickstarter campaign has to get. Hundred thousand dollars more, because they me and more, yeah. other voice but, actor person. But then, but then the comments uh, to that end up end up continually pushing it further and further into an untrue statement, and she's going along with it, whether she actually believed that or if. Because when I first saw this, it seemed to me, it looked to me like somebody was weaponizing their Twitter followers in order to renegotiate a deal they didn't see eye to eye on. 
And I, I unfortunately, we see that happen way too often. But it just seemed like that's what was happening at the beginning. But then as I actually looked into things, it just it seems like she completely misunderstands uh, the business model of doing this, especially through Kickstarter. Right now, just to just to clarify real quick, I want to share this. Uh, after the stuff was the the statements were put. So this is the um, the ninth update uh, that was specifically about the commentary where Robert J. Wood had basically said um, that uh, you know we're working on it and we we still want to actually do something about this. Um, Amanda Winley tweets this picture uh, and says. It ain't over yet, folks. We, we may still do the commentary after all. I've received a ton of messages from fans saying, thanks for sticking up for us, but we're okay with the 100K stretch goal if it means you and Kimberly will be a part of it. So, okay, I guess. I'm just trying to do the right thing and make uh, make everyone happy, and it's making my head spin. So, what again, an opportunity uh, here. Obvious Beetlejuice reference. An, an opportunity here to actually... Uh, to actually, you know, come out and say, "Hey, there was a misunderstanding. Sorry about that." And no, instead, it's like, uh, "Hold on, I, am I I'm like, uh, like, don't worry, guys. I'm a PR expert. I'm going to continue to to look like I'm the one in control of the situation here." Uh, and then Jimmy asked for an apology, um, which I personally didn't think was a, a good part on him. I, I don't, I don't think an apology means anything if we actually bully somebody into making it. Um, but this later comes into, so a few people are demanding an apology from me. So here it is. I am so effing sorry for trying to stick up for the fans. It'll never happen again. I promise. Again, I didn't just, see that. How, how are you so ridiculous? I, 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 I can't believe this. Uh, I can't well, believe y'all think this, this person is, is so. Y'all think this is absurd. When I first read that, I thought, I thought when she tweeted the 100K that they themselves will have to pay it to him in order to do do the commentary. But when I read more of the comments, I started to see the misconception, as you like to keep phrasing it. Well, just to finish up here, um, and again, you guys can go through all these tweets. They're in my Twitter moment. For, the guys, the guys happening one that I mentioned. Yeah, so we've got the... Uh, so Robert J. Woodhead um, in full professionalism actually finally announces the stretch goal uh, for it. So this is where it's like literally, as I said before, previously it was a it was a here's an idea we like. Now the names are being added. Now it's an official capacity uh, to which this tweet gets quoted. Amanda Winley says, guys, it's happening. And they took the stretch goal down to only 75K. It's like, so what oh, number God. is it? 100K? 80k, 75k, and it's just like there's it. And then uh, Kimberly Yates, who I would also call a saint, has stayed out of this this entire time, uh, and and tweets out this wonderful little tweet about uh, as she had found this Mini May shot glass. She uh, again is the voice of Mini May, <laughs> and I'm just like, we got them to lower the stretch goal from 100k to 75k, only 18k more to go, and I just like, I can't. Can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. <laughs> well, she was being us. Yeah, that was from uh, Kimberly Eight saying the last time Amanda when Lee and I got together, there was silly string fireworks and a turtle. Let's hope this commentary for Guns with Cats happens. And it, it's just, it's just her being sweet instead of uh, controlling and malicious. vindictive and malicious. Yeah, that's that's an appropriate word for it. All so. Right, so. Uh, that's that's it. I, I want to know what you guys think. Does, does anybody have? I'm going to try to get, get into the chat now. Now that I can actually. Reese says less than nine k to go for the commentary. For the commentary we're talking about. Yep. We're talking about. 
Uh, and by the way, well, well, we'll get into when we go to the, the uh, Kickstarter news, but yeah, they've only got like four days left. Um, they're probably going to get it though. But I got to say, if I was Amanda Winley and I was sat down in that recording session, that'd be the most awkward thing. I don't even, I, I, I don't envy her. It's got to be so freaking awkward. To happen. Happen if it does get funded, she's going to talk about the controversy, the whole con commentary. It's, you know, it's one of those things where it's going to be awkward no matter what. Either she ignores it completely, it's awkward. She continues to throw them under the bus, it's very awkward. She, you know, she talks about it the entire time, it ruins the, like, no, there's no happy ending to this. I, I just, I don't see it happening. You know, no. the only way that, the only way that this, in my opinion, could have been resolved is the freaking apology tweet. And in her defense, like, or like, um, something I'm actually surprised about. She hasn't deleted the previous tweets. I'm shocked. The entire reason yeah. I created that yeah, archive that I ended up too. using to see the tweets of the person who banned me or blocked me on Twitter was because I expected her to delete those tweets and she didn't. So at least there's that, right? Oh, All right. Anyway. Uh, does Is that... Are we good for this now? We're good. We're good. All Unless right. anybody has to say that. Mecca, do you have anything you want to say about it? Uh, no comment. Uh, Augie pretty much... This, um, said what he had, or what I wanted to say, but yeah, okay. it was uh, all a human misunderstanding. Yeah. See, jet black hair people think alike. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is dark brown, by the way, but yeah, it does come out. Um, technically, I right to, now, I, I shine to, like Tiger Stripes. Should be the, the, the Augie and that Mecha guy show because you guys apparently get his jokes. <laughs> um, Okay, so let's uh, let's move on to uh, the next topic of. That's right. A voice actor died this week. The voice oh. fall. And Bush Ar Root. Uh, Arlie Ermy. Yep. No, that's Gunny. Yeah. Well, he also died <laughs> this week. So who who died? Uh, let's see. Voice of Bush Root. Voice Bush of Bush Root. Root. Voice of. Bush root, not room root. I'm gonna grab a water bear back, guys. You know, insana. So this this is a Japanese voice actor then. Oh yeah, not yeah, that, here. Not that, me... not that their life is any less important or anything. <laughs> the former oh, first lady here, let, me, too. let me just <laughs> There you go. Click on that and show people. Okay. Why is it? It's not doing it. There we go. That's because you have to click. Okay. Keep screwing up my, my setup here. I have to pull out of full screen mode to, to share screen here. There you go. So who's this? So this is... <laughs> He's a voice actor. If you heard his voice, you would know who it is. Um, he did, obviously, uh, uh, Uncle Ted from Bobby's World, Bush Root from Darkwing Duck, a um, whole lot more. He worked with John Candy in a few shows. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You think um, we'll get in trouble for playing a voice clip? I'm not. I'm. I'm already moving on. <laughs> okay. I care. I care so little about what you're trying to share here. <laughs> so something. Something I wanted to uh, 
I wanted to bring up that we discovered right after the last podcast ended. We had discussed a show called Koihime Muso, and I said, isn't that a hentai? Uh, and we, we had gone on to this discussion, and I sort of talked about LimeWire back in the day and how, and how I discovered this thing. that it was a different one? Well, here's the thing. We have discovered Koihime and Koihime Muso are not at all related. <laughs> they are both, as I understand it, based on... Did we what? No, we didn't. We we talked about it in the last podcast, but we didn't discover. We didn't confirm that they were not the same show until after yeah, the podcast. I'm ended. pretty sure we did. Nope. No, I just sent you a link. I I, I sent you a message on Facebook to alert you, uh, just so you know. And I I had provided the information that Augie and I had discovered after the podcast had ended. Hmm. Anyway, um, so did we discover that it wasn't that both of them were were based on? adult games visual novels and that but they actually are not one that you're showing yeah they're so they're not um they're actually not related at all like not even not not even a little bit they just happen to have the same name so that was something that needed to be covered and then next up here how many copies of Legend of Galactic Heroes are left well here's the thing we can't actually search anymore because um Sentai yeah, has just discovered that people were viewing the page source in order to determine how much of the inventory was left, and they've pulled the inventory number. So the inventory yeah, no, quantity currently says again. it says negative two uh, for the uh, for the uh, inventory quantity. So who knows? Last we checked, though, they had just barely dipped into like seven hundred ninety nine, right? So. They're not selling like hotcakes, and I guarantee you, if you're willing to wait, the price will drop because they're not going to sell all these. Uh, and I also would recommend that you just don't get it because it's a, it's an abomination of a set. Anyway, um, moving on from here, we had uh, an interesting thing happen um, after the last podcast, which again we we discussed Photon the idiot, uh, the webmaster of uh, Tenchiverse. The Tenchi Muyo translation blog.blogspot.com um, had actually translated the introduction to the um, Photon the Idiot novel for us and sent it to us. So this is also linked if you're interested in seeing it. This is also linked in the uh, in the document. The guy's, na- the guy's Twitter name is McDisco or at Zenith McDisco. Okay. Still need to look at what a zenith means. Zenith, you mean? Oh, yeah. So anyway, so anyway, I'm just I'm just bringing this up because we've actually uh, we've created a loose idea on perhaps doing Tenchi for a month in uh, June, um, and we may have this guy uh, guest on the podcast if he uh, if he wants um, during that time. We just aren't entirely sure yet which Tenchi we're going to watch because <laughs> there's quite a lot of it. Uh, then now is time for Augie's philosophy corner uh, regarding uh, regarding collecting. All right. So as you already know, AC is considered to be a traditional collector. FDDNM is Canadian, and I have a different <laughs> and I have a different means of means or philosophy of collecting. Technically, FTD&M is more of a modern collector. 
Which is still fun. So how I go about it is I go to a catalog and have a have my own checklist per company that I'm interested in getting at the moment or that I have my collection right now. And I go through as I'm collecting and check them off. However, let's say we have Nadia under seven. Seven Nia. right here. Nia, Nia under seven. Under seven. Nia under seven. Do you want me to grab mine so you, so you can have a visual reference on what the uh, the one you're about to talk about is? Yep. Under press, you didn't have to walk back to the wall. This is the Pioneer set. Okay, so how I would check this off, since I have the discotheque version, that would also check off for the Pioneer set as well. So just to clarify, what he's saying is he's comparing. This is not at all what I thought you were going to talk about tonight, by the way. Um, but he's saying that collecting wise, I like to collect by company and I actually try to get the original release of things. Um, and uh, he is saying that he also likes to do that. But if there is if there is an easier way to get it in a more recent release, um, particularly also if it's been up, upgraded to Blu-ray or something, he'll get that one. And then in his mind, this of the Pioneer sets ha is no longer on the menu. It's not necessary to get. That's what you're correct. saying? Correct. That's okay. correct. But there's also an additional detail. Let's take... Let's see... That is in the back set. Let's take uh, Martian Hunter Dedesco. Martian successor. I said that Martian Hunter. <laughs> I haven't seen it. So I have all of the ADV release. However, Nozumi has another set that has an additional OVA. I will still keep that set for, ba for backup or just to see what the other previews are. But now my main goal is to get that set. That way I can complete the show in its entirety. Right. So what basically what you're saying is you're trying to uh, Reese says, I just buy the shit that I like. <laughs> um, so go. what you're saying is that your goal is your, your compass, let's say on what you want to collect is directed at what's been released by the original companies and going, trying to get that out of the way, moving forward into the more modern stuff, but that your, so that's what's sort of directing your compass in regards to the show. But what you're actually trying to get is just the full release of everything. So for instance, something we were talking about right before we launched a podcast tonight was the Gundam wing collector's edition released by Nozomi slash right stuff. Right? right. And that comes with an OVA on it that has never been released before. So it sort of forces your hand. Um, if you're collecting in the same sort of way that we are, that you have to get that set because it comes with something you can't get any other way. Right. That's right. So this is this but, is not at all the philosophy uh, thing. I thought you were going. I thought you were going to talk about your your sand analogy. Oh yeah. Well, I've been trying to, but you keep cutting okay. me off on that. Sorry. Would you <laughs> like? Just... Would you like for me to dig that up? Well, <laughs> I thought I thought sand that this away. was your. I thought this was your philosophy to the point yeah, that you'd be able to you'd be able to whip it out without having to look it up. <laughs> Augie, while you have the floor, get it out. Okay, there's only two FDDM, types of people. I just in the want world. to say that your neck right now looks like the welcome to the ballroom neck. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Nobody else saw that movie. <laughs> there's only two types of 
Debbie's in the world. There's Debbie Downers and Debbie Cakes. I'd rather just sit down and eat a brownie. I want to get uh, a soundboard so I can just put a uh, the button up, for that you know, single thing. Yeah, I, I just yeah I just need to be able to hit that, and that'll be the way that we move on from all of Augie's jokes. Is just that like that was a joke. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> or or we'll just have a laugh track that that yeah. can do the laughing for us. <laughs> well, that was a philosophy I posted. I mean, FDD and M should remember that one. Uh, I don't you, know. I can I can recite it for you. Want me to? And then you can correct me where I'm wrong. Go Basically, ahead. your philosophy your philosophy was that when you uh, you it's like a grabbing philosophy. sand at the beach that you grab yeah, it a little at a time. You grab it so, a pinch at a time. You enjoy the journey. I'm not even on the page. You enjoy the journey, not the work. When you start taking it by this by the shovelfuls, you start to less enjoy it. Okay, so so the philosophy here is basically exactly what I said in my tip video on making a list and throwing it away, that you get discouraged as a collector with the idea that there's so much stuff out there that you can't you just you can't foreseeably see actually obtaining the shows you want to get, but if you give it some time, even just one year, you'll be surprised how much your collection grows. Right. right. And that's basically what you're saying is that you don't collect everything in one sitting. I didn't get all, all this. This has been over right. a decade worth of collecting is what you're saying. Yeah. However, on the flip sound. side, if someone does sit there and try to get everything at once to get so burnt out and out of money that they have to sell the stuff again. Right. And some of the cheaper stuff that you can find online. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I took it more in the way of, like, if you buy a ton of anime at a time, it starts to be, like, it's worth less to you as a person or something like that. Are you looking at my that... neck? Is that why you're laughing? <laughs> Reese commented, Canadian necks. Trademark that. <laughs> Canadian necks, Canadian geese, Canadian neck, neck geese. Laugh track. Moving on. Um I so, will confirm one more thing, though. Okay. I don't purposely try to buy doubles of stuff. Sure. Um, so this, again, this goes back to videos I've already made um, about, uh, like, uh, my first my first video on shopping online actually tackled this subject regarding the idea that my philosophy at the time, which does not apply in the modern way of collecting, um, but I think that the, the idea I was conveying can be um, still applied, is that it's better... It was better back in the day not to buy things online and actually enjoy the journey of looking for things. Uh, because as FDDM was saying, the more you get, the less attached you are to each individual um, thing. So what I have found as a collector philosophy wise is that when there is a distinct specific memory associated with the effort that went into getting whatever title, that title becomes more significant to you and it stands out in your collection and there's a more of a sort of a fond memory associated with it. Okay. So do, uh, can we, does uh, can that we, mecha guy want to share his philosophy? Yeah. Do you, yeah. Uh, I guess that was his name. The the guy already commented. Yeah. But by what I fucking like. Yeah. I mean, by what you like. freaking like. Sorry. Yeah. You can no, no, censor me whenever no, we're I'm, done. I'm not, I'm not. No, I am not at all an advocate for censorship. You guys can say whatever the heck you want. Um, I, I really don't care. I just, uh, 
Um, I don't, say whatever you want. <laughs> I don't care. Um, anyway, so can we move into pickups? Yes. Yeah. Okay, who wants to go first? That mecha guy. All right. All right. Well, I don't have anything uh, Blu-ray or any physical media related, but the one I feel that tell is us what you got showing off well. that I just... I'm sorry? You can just verbally tell us what you got as well if you don't physically have it here. That's what no, I do. He, oh, wants I have it he wants to show us stuff. This is a uh, third-party uh, Ava Unit 1 kit I just got. Uh, it's done by MJH. I'm not sure what that stands for, but I'm pretty sure it's a Chinese knockoff of some <laughs> existing figure. <laughs> it almost looks like an SD figure. Yeah, it yeah. actually is. It's yeah, and it comes with the, uh, the the rifle and then the sniper, or the proton sniper. I think I forget what it's called, but quite interesting. And then, since we're going to be discussing the show today, I have my. Uh, Illustration of the Rossophon. Nice. Which I am proud to say I'm glad to have it on my collection because uh, I think I'm going to start collecting more of these for other shows if they exist. But, yeah. yeah, that's about it. All right. Um, who wants to go next? The guy with the salmon shirt. That would be me. Okay, so just so you guys know, I have made an executive decision when it comes to pickups that from now on, I'm not going to show everything just because it, it, I get a lot of weird stuff and it just sort of bogs down the length of the uh, of the podcast. So from now on, I'm only going to talk about stuff that I think is relevant or is interesting. Um, and then when I do the room tour, you guys will see everything. So it, it also kind of makes that more satisfying when that comes rather than watching the room tour and half the stuff you've already seen. So uh, one thing that, that recently came was um, the Seiji and Suzuki collection part two uh, that I had pre-ordered. This is one of the ones from um, Arrow Video that I talked about. This one is limited to 1,500 copies, uh, where some of the other ones were only 1,000 or 3,000 copies. And then uh, for those of you who aren't part of the podcast group and weren't there. We actually did a stream for a, I did a private stream where I went through all of my extras boxes and I had mentioned in there that uh, I was trying to sell some stuff cause I wanted to, to recoup some losses in cash. And uh, one of the items that I've gotten recently that was a really good find um, hasn't arrived yet. But uh, one of the things I was discussing at the time was new getter robo. So this is a series that I, I recently picked up. And then the other thing this is the last thing I want to show. But I'm so psyched to have Haruka Beyond the Stream of Time, Volume 3. The, the one that, had I not seen it, would not have thought it actually existed. <laughs> but it must have because it's Volume 3, not Volume 9. So I, I'm just putting that back right now. So it, it is safe in the collection. So are you saying that we're twinsies now? We're twinsies. Ooh, totally totes. Which is the same the, word. The, don't say his name because uh, in an unrelated thing uh, for the bootleg series, he's asked me to, to not uh, use his name on the channel. But the person you bought uh, that from is the person that also made it uh, clear to everybody else who was skeptical that um, Galaxy Angel Rune 4 also existed. <laughs> yeah. So, because right. he had a, he posted a picture of this thing and it's like 100 maybe less, maybe 40 copies of Galaxy Angel Rune 4. It's like, this Ooh. is the shipment, right? It was just one box of Galaxy Angel Rune. There's so few of those floating out there. That, 
that is a, a very, very um, rare show. Anyway, so those are those are my pickups that I'm going to go over today. You guys have anything? I'll have them on me. Well, well, who's gonna go? well, I do have dice, but you can't really you roll. You guys want the front or back? Back. Call it heads or tails. Back, but let it hit the ground. Okay. FDDM goes first then. <laughs> Me? All right. Yeah. So let's start. Note with my decisive one. nature to keep the podcast rolling instead of halting. Okay, oh. so <laughs> first we got the small fry, which is just me completing my Tenchi Moyo Royo Rio Oki because I have the collector's tin, but that's only volume three, so I got volumes one and two. They were pretty darn cheap. And then I picked up Aquarian Age. It was relatively the inexpensive movie. on Yeah, the movie, sorry. <laughs> on eBay. And the picture they used was the limited edition box. So I thought, oh, wow, it's like 60 bucks minimum on Amazon. This one's like 10 bucks. Ooh. And they used that picture, but I didn't get the box, obviously. So they just didn't list it properly. But what do I care? I just kind of need the movie for completion purposes anyway. Okay. And then we got. Here we go. I'm pulling an Augie right now with the completeness. I got. Seasons one to three, Shin Chan, crayon Shin Chan, whatever you want to call it, because um, tell me what the what the side of those look like. They do not have a consistent pattern. Um, <laughs> okay, um, I was actually referring to the other side. Oh, this, yeah, it's thin packs. But it's only two. That's interesting. Well, they both have two discs each, each thin pack. Yeah. If, if you want, you can get the parts, which is Digipack. <laughs> so you don't have a whole lot of options. The parts are, oh, they are Digipack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was I was getting those parts to show right here. Um, I actually prefer the version that I have then. <laughs> so, so behind the scenes, uh, we've been discussing Sergeant Frog. And uh, hmm. I didn't buy Sergeant Frog at the time because I thought that it was released in the, the way that you just showed. Um, and it actually was released in that way, but in part one, part two form. And then it actually got, uh, ironically, the exact opposite treatment where it's a digipack in the version um, that you have of Shin-Chan, where it's, you know, part season one, two, and three as their own sets versus the part one, part two thing, except that it's for Sergeant Frog. So it's, it's actually backwards from what you got there. That was probably pretty confusing to the viewers, but yeah. <laughs> Very, it was very convenient for me uh, regarding how I purchased both of them to get the Digipack versus the ugly impact sets that Funimation releases that are garbage and always like fall apart. Well, not much of a choice, but yeah. So then the next one I got was Interviews with Monster Girl, that one came out like last week. I got this. Your, your oh. camera cut out. There you go. My camera cut you're out? Back. You're back. You're back. Okay. It did, but it, it's back. But my audio was fine. But yeah, yeah fine. I got this because. I reviewed it, and I was like, you know what? I should pick up every single thing that I've reviewed or plan to review. And, I mean, it was an all right series, but, uh, you know, it's nice to own it. And so let's do the garbage first. Uh, Giver, Bio Boosted Armor, whatever, Volumes 1 and 2. 
No, that's the wrong one. Ugh, look at that beautiful case condition right there. Is that the OVA series? Yeah, it yep. is the OVA yeah. series. Luckily, the the artwork is perfectly fine, but uh, the poster inside is really crinkled up and stuff, and disc one has these weird, like, marks. I don't think you guys can see it, but it's, like, around the edges, it's kind of faded yeah. looking. Yeah. yeah. I can't really see it at all. I could screen share the uh, photos you sent, if you want. Sure. Okay, I'll pull those up while you uh, go ahead and do your your stuff. But yeah, that was like 15 bucks though. And typically, I don't know, I think it's like $30 a volume on Amazon.ca individually without the slipcase. So I can't really complain. I more or less just wanted it so I could watch it. Because I didn't even know this existed until like last year. And then... It's better than the, than the Funimation release one. I've got the uh, I've got the image I can uh, screen share if you yeah, want. Sure, go ahead. There you go. Sharing. There you go. So there is a pretty nasty scratch right here. Yeah, I commented about that. I think it looks a lot worse in the picture than it does in real yeah. life. I, I hear peanut butter helps. <laughs> Peanut butter. Oh, yeah. I've heard that you can you can rub peanut butter on it uh, and then rinse it off, and it'll it'll fill in a lot of the the cracks or whatever, and it'll actually work. But it seems um, to play fine, so I'm not really worried. Well, I'll do the Windex technique that Augie has brought up. Yeah, just uh, if you do the peanut butter technique, it might make your Blu-ray player smell like peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather not. So anyway, uh, camera on me. Is it on me? No, it's on me. Hold on. Back to you. All right. So this one you'll like, Back Brad. to you, Footnum. <laughs> I got, uh, what is it? Loop on the third. One called one. Fujiko. Yeah. Is it Mine? Mine. Or mine? mine. I call oh. it Mine. I think everybody else is wrong. Um, this is from the creator of uh, Yuri on Ice, I believe. The creator, the, like the writer the, or something? The director or whatever, like the, the show I don't show consider writer. that the creator, because he didn't write it, okay. typically. I don't know. I'm just saying that it... Uh... If you could pull up a... I've got Yuri on Ice right here. Um... Does it say on the back? Like in this fine text on the bottom. Look for created by... It says... Mitsuro created by Monkey Punch. Oh, of course. Why aren't we going on A and N for this? Director and series composition. It's Sayo it Yamamoto. Sayo Yamamoto is the, is the name I was. I think I was looking for the director. Anyway, just saying. Okay, my last pickup is the biggest. I got last erectile. I mean exile. The art box. It looks exactly like my copy of it in the uh, plastic and everything like that. Like It was actually like just lazily put around it, but I did yeah, a really no, that's, what, that's what mine looks like. That's what mine looks like. <laughs> yeah, so um, this one also came with the figure and the mouse pad, despite having oh, all wow. seven volumes. So I got pretty lucky there. It was like 10, 12 bucks. So I was like, hey. so that's go. all for me. Back to you, Augie. All right, so first up, we got... We have 
index season two, part one, index season two, part two in the slipcase at a discounted rate, and index the movie. There's a movie? There's a movie. Yeah. There's a movie. Is there a movie for Railgun, too? Nope. No. no none for Railgun. Yeah. I'm sad by that. Yeah. Okay, is the movie a sequel? I it's supposed think. to combine both the series together. I mean, both series are kind of already together. I know. It's I funny. Know. We're, I was literally discussing in the last podcast about organization and stuff, and it's like this is this is one of the few areas where like the way I want to organize it actually works out. <laughs> and that's great. So up next, because I want to join the party, I got here Academia Part. Ooh, Part One. Wait, Part One. Oh, is that, one, is that a DVD? That's a DVD. So up next, I revealed this in the secret stream, Trista and the Secret of the Deep Blue, which my comment for this one is you can't really... Tristia of the Deep Blue Sea. You got Secret of the Blue Water from Nadia mixed up in there. Yeah, well, that's because it's right over there. Um, As I mentioned in the stream, you can't really... This is probably as good as I'm going to get for a copy because you kind of... Like playing life, you don't really get a good copy. You just kind of get a little better each time. <laughs> yeah, no, I know how that goes. Or, or, or what it is is that you find something where, like, you get one and there's something wrong with it, so you rebuy it, and it, the thing that was wrong with the first one is not wrong with the second one, but there's something else equally wrong with the second one, and you can't like mix and match. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. like that happened to me with, uh, with. Um, Ultimate Muscle, where there was a tear in my first one, so I rebought it, and the second one was sun faded. You know. Oof. Anyway, you got to pick the lesser of two mess ups. Yeah, I picked. Some people pick the two. Uh, pick two mess ups. I picked two great ones with Gigantor. Ooh. Who released that set? This set. If you look on A and N, it says uh, "right stuff," which is wrong. But on here, it says E One Entertainment. Hmm. And unlike the Rhino set, these were fans that came together and was able to digitally remaster this in a better quality than what Rhino could do. Nice. I recently noticed that Slayer's uh, Funimation set um, credited Enoki Films on the on the good on good. the back. Just showing Anoki Films USA. So that was I thought that was kind of interesting. Regarding regarding what you were saying about Anime News Network mislabeling it or whatever, that maybe yeah. there's actually maybe right stuff is the is actually part of it, but the crediting goes in crediting order is not necessarily the way it should be. Okay. But there's more. I also got the right stuff anime. Uh, yeah. Hey, watch this. That's probably going to be the screen cap for this episode. Uh, it wouldn't fly. be because that mecha guy <laughs> leaned in to look and it, <laughs> the camera switched to him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try it again. Ooh, Sorry, I, I, I have it locked on you now. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. we, we've got plenty of footage. It'll probably be that. We'll see. Yeah, I like how the credits has like the lyrics to uh, Never Going to Give You Up. Yeah, have the you seen the... Adventure. 
if you open up if you open that up on the inside there's a link that you can go to to watch a video of them singing a cover of that song but they changed the lyrics okay yeah so that's that's what that's about and up next is a Sentai rundown with a corpse party. Do I have that? <laughs> I love how half of this podcast is me wondering if I have something you're showing. <laughs> well, I know something you do have that I enjoyed watching, and that was AKB 0048. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> oh, man. There's, there's, a great, great there's, a really made part, there's a funny part of that that comes out of nowhere um, where uh, one of the characters reveals her secret to making it through all the tough situations she goes i'm secretly a masochist <laughs> at least you're laughing to that i thought but it was next, hilarious so people move here and there and everywhere but there's some people just go place to place oh i like that one i've been really interested in watching this one i was interested because of the gifts of the cat girl and that was it Cat girl, why didn't you say so? I have to tell you, Tama. Oh, yeah, that one. So I believe I got all the earlier releases from Sentai Filmworks. Now, I'm. I don't even want to know what I'm missing. <laughs> Including Tears to Tiara. I that's that was. Is that Sentai? Yeah. That's Sentai, but they released that like three different times, last one having a dub in it. Well, if I had it, it would be right here. <laughs> AC. Oh, there's more. But AC, do you hate it yeah. when you when you find that girlfriend and she has that, ped, that uh, pedicure that you're just really wanting to get, but you don't know where, where she got it? Well, fortunately, we have a cute old detective. Ooh, and it's spinning, and I don't know if we're frozen. Okay. I have no idea what recording there. That's, that's new, and I'll have to rewatch that to even find out what you said. Um, I uh, don't have tears to tear. Uh, uh, hold on. <clears throat> no, I do have three more after your. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Just go ahead. I'll do my one. One I've been wanting to get for a while, I've been kind of setting it up in my written reviews, is Dog and Scissors. All tracks. I've watched that. I have no. I I'll, I'll give you my I'll give you my rundown in one sentence. Thumbs the down. story ends without going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. If VeggieTales can sing about the pirates who don't go anywhere, why can I not watch a show about that? Laugh track. And and mine, my copy finally arrived. Hello Kitty Paradise. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Mein Kampf. <laughs> mein Kampf. Hitler's birthday is tomorrow. Happy birthday, Hitler. I hope your son <laughs> in France really enjoys it. And luckily, the last one that has a kind of a weird controversy of a release is uh, Supersonico. I don't think that's really controversial, is it? Well, is what was complaining? Yeah, it was is pretty it much people Jessica complaining about the, okay. yeah. the sticker of her is right here, <laughs> even though it should have been something on the back. And on her Twitter feed, if I recall correctly, 
she stated that she did not have any involvement of them promoting her like this. This was the company, but at least it's a sticker and not face on the artwork. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Some hentai titles that kind of look similar. Can you imagine if, uh, if they had, hold on, I'm going to get the mouse under the, mouse. come on mouse. There we go. Can you imagine if they had promoted it this way? <laughs> The way they used to put the porn stars as the voice actors on on oh, the old yeah. uh, new tech digital hentai's. I mean, this <laughs> is news to me because I never that knew. that would have been hilarious if they had put Jessica Nigiri in the in the corner <laughs> that way. That would have been so funny. Oh, um, yes. Did you say you had another thing to show? Oh yeah, that's right. Thank you. I have something else to show. This last one, which I'm kind of angry because I didn't know it was this for Jilly. Oh. This is the Kamachu Trimbox. I was going to say something to Le Lishansky, and now I don't remember what it was. Is that why no, every time you see him, I... Is that why every Senior time you what? see him? Senior what? Gonna, I was going to say, is that why every time... Yeah. I was going to say, every time you see my collection, you always say, is that a Kamachu I see? Yep. Well, luckily I found a good price for it, but did yours come with a soft wall scroll? No, maybe. Well, I don't know. Well, this one didn't come with it, but fortunately, I think mine came with some or something. I got but, two. Uh, fortunately, someone was selling it, and I got it complete now. So let's address this real quick. This version of New Getter Robo that I have, there is not a sticker covering this barcode. This barcode is different from its release. Okay. Um, Genion released this. Genion also released Kamichu. Uh, actually released stuff. So you can tell if yours was supposed to come with it based on the product code number. One so thing you, can, I you can look that up. The one thing I will warn about this Kamichu box is. This is wood. This is popsicle wood. It's, it's not it's wood. So thin, or it feels it's like it's not wood. It, yeah, it's like a. It's like mm -hmm. a. It's a textured paper, like on top. It, it feels like it's gonna snap in half. I know it, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Well, as you're saying, I also have like splinters for some reason. Yeah, so it's got like a. It's 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 paper cardboard with uh, something on top of it. Uh, like a ridiculously thin layer of very coarse paper or actual like particle board type wood or something. Or what is that where you compress it? Uh, it's, it's very thin and it feels like it's going to fall apart. Uh, I'm actually really shocked that mine is still in, in pretty phenomenal condition. Um, so I want to go to my stuff real quick. I just wanted to announce. Um, I also picked up uh, Tomoko market and Tomoko love story at the uh, suggestion of somebody I was talking to on Twitter. So if they happen to see this, I did pick it up. Uh, it was interesting. They had mentioned it was one of their favorite shows that they haven't bought it yet. And uh, right during that time, Sentai had announced a sale and that was in there. So <laughs> snagged it up. Uh, yes. What? Uh, talk. In the, tra in the trash. Script. What? 
you, you got to speak full words. You lag, and no one can understand what you're saying. Danny said, we often fall in the trap of being completionists and not necessarily getting quality shows. He said, I also like to give every show a chance at redemption. There are very few shows so far I have not enjoyed. Well, my friend, you are quite lucky because not only have I seen hundreds of shows that I wouldn't recommend that are terrible garbage. And I, a lot of them, I, I was, I would, you use the word, not many. I will say a lot of shows I have seen have been terrible. Um, but uh, you also live in South Africa where importing this stuff isn't cheap. And you've been very fortunate that the stuff you've gotten has mostly uh, been up your alley, let's say. Um, uh, John Shane says the timeline of the index movie takes place sometime during season two. So that's. So that means comes after the rage is welling up inside. Of me. <laughs> um, yeah, that's unfortunate. That's good. This is, I mean, I, what I'm going to do is put it in front of like, that's just the way I do collecting is, uh, or well, displaying time, in the collection. Is I put the movies timeline, first. If you want timeline, you put Railgun first. Mm, what? No, no, they take place during the same time period, pretty much. Railgun, Railgun was released second. <laughs> yeah, I'm Railgun wondering why I'm saying that as well. I know, Auggie's there's crazy. a bias Let's with... No, I'm not crazy, I just have a bias. I prefer Railgun. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to move on to... I like both. I'm going to screen share. <laughs> Moving into Kickstarter news. That's with cats. Now, three days to go. Under 8,000 left to get the uh, commentary stressful. track. 300,000 uh, English commentary track for episode three featuring voice actors Amanda Winley and Kimberly Yates. So that is where they're at. And then Augie shared this. Uh, Twin Signal author starts crowdfunding campaign for a sequel. So this is an, a sequel to the manga this is not what i was picturing when you had talked about it is there a link to an actual uh launched is this Click oh it's launch. the campfire it's this, so it's the japanese the japanese crowdfunding well how hold on how well is it going so far 126 <laughs> percent oh well yeah so they've already they've already met the thing let me let me grab my twin signal because i i think i have that try gun and it would be right here I'm, I'm kind of glad the picture right that they have because you see him in his full adult form. Then when he runs yes. out of power, it turns into like this chocolate loving baby or chibi. So th this is uh, this is the DVD released by Media Blasters. Is there two DVDs that. of this? They said in the thing that that Media Blasters released two DVDs of it. Um, if it is, it's probably the same fate as Yuna the Galaxy, some German word. Galaxy Fraulein Yuna. Yeah. You are so bad at pronouncing stuff. That's because Remember, rephrase that. You are not. You are not bad at pronouncing stuff. You're bad at remembering the titles of shows. Um, okay, so it said Media Blast just released the first two volumes of the manga in 2006, and it describes the story. So this is them. Okay, so Media Blast just released manga at one point. That's interesting. The manga inspired a three-episode OVA in 1995, and Media Blasters released it on DVD in 2001. Okay, so that's that's what I've got here. Okay, so there's another show 
that I, I think I can find very quickly that I had mistaken this for. Um, okay, as you continue, I'll continue with my thought. Yeah, I'm really hoping with this crowdfunding, this series will get the same treatment as uh, Ushio and Tora and other reboots. Yes, yes, happening yes. As recently. Now, exactly only not. Dragon Half we get a reboot. Yes. Um, so this is the show that I thought of when you said Twin Signal. Oh, Psychic Force. Psychic that's Force, a fighting yeah. game. That's that's hair I was describing, by the way. Talking about this. Um, I don't think I've seen Twin Signal, actually. I have seen fight, or Psychic Force, but I haven't seen Twin Signal. Anyway, going into Sound like you're beatboxing with a lag. I think now's a good time to turn down the bandwidth meter thing. Oh. Uh, who, me, you? No, not you. Uh, Brad. Brad, okay. Um, there. So, can you guys hear me okay now? Did it? Yes, that, that worked a lot up? better. Yeah, okay. So, you're not saying anything. <laughs> if I put you in the middle. Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Okay. The first of many announcements for AX. Uh, so, Annie Song World Matsuri returns to AX 2018. Author Ao Jumonji makes first overseas appearance at AX 2018. This is such a bizarre. At least it's a mask. It's not the back of someone's head, like a certain um, creator of Tenchi would do. Mary and the Witch's Flower is. Uh, why are they even bringing this? Is this just an ad for it? I think it is. That's bizarre. Just in the middle of this thing. Uh, and then the reason I'm sharing this is because the exhibitor uh, list has been updated. So you can now see who the exhibitors are going to be uh, yes, if you care yes. to do that. So, And also, um, this is something that you guys need to know. If you have already placed an order or you've already bought your tickets, uh, you have to verify your um, your address before April 25th, which is only a few days away. Um, because they they're mailing out all ad all badges except for press uh, and some other badges. So any of the main badges for for pay, like people who are going, um, they're going to be mailing them out because of the fiasco that happened last year that they're not going to let happen again um, regarding all that stuff. So anyway, that is the convention news. Um, do you guys have anything you want to say? Well. It, it's going to be in the first two weeks of July, right? It's yep. going to be July fifth through eighth. Fifth through eighth. Wasn't there something going on on the fourth aside from Independence Day? The fourth is day zero, quote unquote, but they're not having day zero in the same capacity that they normally do because day zero is use usually for them to. Uh, um is usually where you can go in and pick up your badge early, but because the badges are getting mailed out, it's just not going to be the same event. So I'm still going to try to go on day zero uh, because I applied for press pass and I'm going to, and I still, I have to go in to pick those up. Um, I haven't gotten a reply yet, whether or not they've been given to me. Um, but if I can get them, they'll give me basically the same perks as premier fan. So, um, and they're free, which is great. But uh I'll have to go in to get those. So I'm that's so, that's yeah. what's happening on the fourth. So if I understood right, this convention is going to take hold of the LA Convention Center, mm -hmm. the Staples Center, 
and whatever is Frankenstein into the JW Marriott. Like Basically, you, business. Yeah. Yeah, they just they just hook up a projector, and stuff there. Okay. Well, I guess I'll be seeing you there, wouldn't I? So I, I guess we're announcing now. Yeah, yes. I'll be uh, I'll be going to AX with AC this year. Yeah. So that's there. You heard it here first. I mean, <laughs> I went last year, but because of the fiasco that was going on with the whole lines, I just. I could, couldn't make time to meet up with it. With I, we AC. we tried we tried. It, there's a bunch of Twitter DMs going back and forth. Hey, I'm at this. Oh, I'm I'm not there anymore. I'm at, you know. It just it, we tried to meet up so many times last year. Uh, that mecha was, guy and I. But, it was insane. Uh, and all the days at the same time. Uh, all days at the convention, I will be wearing this shirt. It will be laundry <laughs> when I'm not around. I will be wearing this shirt. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, Augie and I will be uh, going to the convention uh, together this year. Sorry, Reese is talking about. Well, he's talking about stuff we're gonna. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, he's talking about something, but he. <laughs> it's like his voice is a ping pong ball. All right, I'm gonna screen share this. Going into the live action. Okay, you got, you want me to pull down the. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna put this in the middle. Uh, so going into the live action news, you guys can hear me now. Can hear you. Live action anime news. Go. School Live reveals main cast for live action movie. Um, so I'm bringing this up in case one dual reviews ends up watching this uh, this podcast. Because this is his favorite anime, uh, and it is now being made into a live-action movie. Do the actresses have to dress up like they're in kindergarten? Yes. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, I haven't watched School Live, so I don't know. Are they in kindergarten? No, they're in high school. Okay. I was going to say, that's a bit young. <laughs> anyway, um, so this isn't technically live-action anime, but I, I just thought it would be good to cover it here at this section acclaimed robot anime director slash designer masami obari draws special collaboration art for pacific rim uprising so here's some artwork from pacific rim that has been unveiled and if we go to the next one godzilla's in this artwork so there's that then and i'm sure that augie's going to have something to say about this i stumbled across this Mick Garris asked Alexandra Aya about his $130 million live-action space adventure Cobra movie. Aya says that Cobra went deep into pre-production but was killed by a regime change at Lionsgate. Aya was worried that Cobra wouldn't stand out as much after Guardians of the Galaxy. So apparently uh, there's photos from this visit uh, with Buichi Terasawa, which is, uh, I'm assuming, the... <laughs> the creator um, of uh, Space Adventure Cobra, uh, where apparently he's got um, a life-size mannequin of the of the female character, and I, I'm assuming possibly the male character too. Yeah. In his the house, female character is named Lady. Lady, I knew that. Shut up. Um, and here was the teaser poster. Who did they have? 
I wonder who they were going to put as the uh, the actor. It kind of looks like Owen Wilson without, with and without his busted up nose. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know who they picked, but um, yeah, if you guys want to go through, you can you can see more about this. And Augie, do you have anything you want to say? You're I I know you're very upset about this. Oh, I'm very upset. But if you go to the next tab, the next tab. Yeah, then we can talk. Oh, you added this. Thank you. Um, <sighs> yeah, so. So combination. Okay, of, all right, hold up, hold up, just real quick. We are blessed this isn't happening. <laughs> this is the director of Par Piranha 3D. <laughs> you know, oh we're, this is a blessing in disguise. <laughs> okay. Well, that lessens it sort of. But if you continue reading, you'll find out that that what hurt the ego of the creative team was Guardians of the Galaxy and one of the Star Wars movies, A Force Awakening. Yeah. Awakens. And they, if I read this right, you're reading it more than I am right now. I believe they canceled it, which is an even more insult. Okay. Maybe. Look, here's the thing. This happens with films all the time. There is no indication. There's no indication that the film won't resurface in the future. Oh yeah. Um, that it actually may be the best thing for it to be pulled at this time, and hopefully, this director gets axed. Um, now, hopefully, uh, hopefully, it does come through in the future, and the pieces come together to bring the best possible product during a time when it will succeed. Because they're absolutely right. And so here's the thing. We, you sort of thought it was not a good, not a good comparison or whatever the, the, uh, the, the, um, the reasoning was that they didn't think it would compete with guardian of the galaxy. Uh, the thing is though, when you're going up against star Wars and guardian of the galaxy, guardian of the galaxy was sort of a, a risk, uh, on behalf of Marvel, but because Marvel had already had other things like Iron Man and whatnot uh, come out, it was enough, and it had Chris Pratt as the as the lead. They had enough there that the risk was mitigated, and that when people went and saw it, they loved it so much, they not only went to see it again, they brought their friends to go see it, right? So right. this is actually a very valid concern that it couldn't compete with these things because you and I know what Space Adventure Cobra is, but right. the rest of America doesn't. You know, know, it would grossly underperform. So you need for the sake of release um, success, you have to plan when it gets released. You have to do it at a time where it's not competing with anything else. And it, hopefully during a time when there is a lack of space related features out there so that you can um scratch the itch that people aren't getting scratched by other features. But the problem is Disney's going to be making star Wars movies for, uh, for eternity. So you sort of have to, what you're, what you're going to have to do is wait for the star Wars hype to sort of die down because sooner or later, it's going to start to really get obnoxious, you right. know, like to the point where you just don't care anymore. Cause there's so many of them coming out every year. Um, and, uh, I think that that's going to actually happen sooner rather than later. Um, after the solo film, uh, I think that 
I, I just think that it's going to, let me put it this way. When it comes to Star Wars, there's the movie trilogy, the original. Then there was the expanded universe. The people who are into the expanded universe are the people who are going to keep going to see the movies going forward. But eventually everybody else is going to get burned out because what made Star Wars great to them uh, is not being tapped into the same way. It's not the same property that it was when Lucas had it. And I don't even think Lucas is a remarkably good director. A lot of what happened with A New Hope was complete accident. Stuff that got entirely salvaged in the editing process that just happened to result in a movie that was watchable. Um, and it, the movie itself is a huge ripoff of Flash Gordon, but we'll get into that another time. But um, I just I think that this was a good a good choice to pull space four different mortgages on his house to release that movie for um, a new hope. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know he uh, that. But my main gripe or or the gripe or concern I had for Cobra is I'm not a fan of lost media. I hate that. If you have something, especially if you spend things not getting made or 13 million, well, 130 million, 130 million. You just don't leave that sitting there. You have to do something with it. I do agree with the points that you made. Release it when it's a good, good uh, summer blockbuster. Yeah. When the, when the timing is right, the movies are, in modern time, movies like this that are over a hundred million dollars in production, they are made there. They there's a make or break moment depending on when you release it, and there have been. I mean, it might turn into a cult classic, but that doesn't help the uh, the people making it. You know, right. um, movies need to do well at the time for for companies to see a return on their investment and for them to determine that it's worth. Uh, what they're putting into it. Now, I will say that the Japanese audience and the Chinese audience will probably jump all over Space Adventure Cobra. Oh, yeah. They would definitely make their money back. But the it thing would is, probably that do they really well to... in the Italy's and France's. Yeah, it, it would probably do well internationally, is what we're saying. But they still want to be able to actually get. Um, they still want to be able to actually, you know, have a strong footing uh, in competition to these other properties and it's it's a gamble let's just put it that way it's a gamble that could do really well could flop okay and they're not willing True. to take that risk with 130 million dollars on the line now you're trying Absolutely. to pinpoint one of my view, viewpoints on this asking if it was lost or not complete well it's not not that it's lost it's just that they're pulling it now yeah. it was only in pre-production Okay, that means that they were developing um, how the universe is going to look. They're doing like concept art on taking the anime and manga art and adapting it into how that's like, how is it actually going to look with Lady in a Suit? Is it going to be straight out of the manga? Are they going to make creative liberties here or there? How is the, the, the ray gun going to look? All that stuff needs to be. Uh, adapted for this movie and how they're going to handle it. Even the guy's hair in the, in the movie post, all that stuff is part of pre-production getting determining how things are going to look and, and then taking that to studio execs and saying like, this is what we're going to do with it, getting people excited and wet their appetite and then getting things further greenlit to the next process. Um, uh, and they have, they've only gone through 
they said they were heavy into pre-production, but they're still, they weren't filming, you know? Um, right. So the pre-production isn't lost a year from now, five years from now, they can come back and they still have all that stuff that they did in pre-production and they can scrap some of it, update some of it, whatever they want to do and bring it to where they want to do it for the, for if, if, and when they actually do this um, for real. The one detail that that's kind of getting at me for this is who's going to be playing uh crystal boy. I don't think that's even listed. Right. They have a, they have the poster here that looks like it's a photograph of a real person. But yeah, I don't I don't think that they had uh Well would they do something more original? Well let's see. Just pull it up on IMDB real quick and see because sometimes they actually get that stuff in there. Uh Space Adventure Cobra. Find Untitled Space Adventure Project, Space Adventure Cobra. These these don't have dates on it, I think. Yeah, this was it. Okay, so yeah, they don't they don't have a um, any crew. They just have the director and the writer, uh, and the writer is just the creator of the manga, Buichi Terasawa. Anyway, um, that mecha guy. Why is there a air conditioner right beside your TV? Oh, I was keep it already there before we moved in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so moving on into the streaming news. Shout Factory goes full tokusatsu for Ultraman Leo Marathon. Yay. This began 3 p.m. yesterday. Might still be going on, but it's only 51 episodes of it, so it's probably already over. But um, yeah, they on Twitch, they actually streamed the entirety of... Uh, Ultraman Leo, which I, I find interesting because I'm pretty sure people have gotten in trouble for n streaming stuff on Twitch that wasn't gaming related at, at once upon a time. Um, they changed their terms now, like you can do IRL they, and stuff. Yeah, they okay. have an IRL section. And if companies to be doing this is Shout Factory, they've ironed out every detail as possible to get this to actually okay. happen. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm not suggesting they're going to get in trouble. I just remember long ago reading something about people getting in trouble for. Um, I, um, we won't go into it. It'll just waste time. Anyway, another thing here: uh, Dragon Pilot, Hisone, and. Masatan, a placeholder page on Netflix. So this page has popped up. It's a, you know, for a Netflix title that isn't yet released. Um, so this should be coming soon. Moving on to theater release news. Under the Dog gets a limited theatrical release in Japan. Isn't that interesting? That was part of the Kickstarter campaign. Sure. Yeah, like the, that seems was a little jumbled. The last one that uh, the the one that that I chose not to back because there weren't there weren't any actual uh, rewards that had a on disc benefit. benefit. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so that that has got its way into a theatrical release in Japan. Um, Mobile Suit Gundam Double O gets a stage play, <laughs> which. 
I am morbidly curious to see how that's going to work out. I mean, they've done a lot of stuff in stage plays. Like, I think there's one for free, the uh, yeah. the swimming anime. And I'm just like, I, the ingenuity of, of doing some of these sad. things on, like how? I just can't wait to see the mechs on stage. <laughs> it's going to be so funny. It's going to, obviously, it's just going to be people in suits, but I just, I want to see it. Uh, and furthermore, <laughs> One Piece Kabuki. <laughs> Yes, yes. Do you remember a Shonen Jump article having like a Kabuki uh, Luffy on it? I have that guy's yeah, here. So... <laughs> anyway, um, into series news. Yeah, that one article, the second one, is the one that I was going to mention to follow up that stage play. Okay, yeah. Augie, you had me share this? Yes, Uchino. Mega Uzasugiru. This is coming out pretty much a story of uh, a, a young girl who whose mother's died but belongs in a very rich family. And all and her father gets her a maid who's ex military but is a lollicon. So sort of like a Weird, I'm sort listening. of like a different. <laughs> <laughs> Who said what? I, I said I'm listening. Like you, <laughs> imagine listening. that that scene in uh, in Django where he said, "You had my attention, now you've got my or what? You had my curiosity, now you've got my attention, or whatever." Yeah. So this is <laughs> to me, this kind of looks like a different variant of Mahabro. It kind of looks like. Oh, the artwork kind of reminds me of Arrow Manga Sensei. Probably. I Am I the only one who, who feels like it looks a little bit similar to that? Yeah, the kind of reminds me of like the main girl a bit. Anyway, um, I think it's going to be a fun series. Yeah, no, but it looks. Uh, I'm glad you shared it. I'm, it looks like it could be a fun. Uh, that fun and watch. and with our maids made in May. May yeah. coming up. This might be a contender for later. Yeah, for next year. For next year, year after. All right. Gundam so, Ooh. Gundam Double O getting a sequel project, and this takes me to what? Fandom Post, of course. Um, Virus. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the title. The title explains it all. They're getting a sequel. To gun and double O. I think that's pretty Sentai cool. Sentai Filmworks. What? I was just, I was gonna, able... I was just saying that's pretty cool. Getting more of stuff. Okay, for Dun Gundam Double O, I have the TV series. Don't have the movie. I'm going to pre-order the movie and the OVA. My first exposure to this was on Anime Monday on Sci-Fi Channel. I watched it. It was the very last episode, and then they stopped doing Anime Monday. So. That was very welcoming. Sentai, Sentai Filmworks licenses or Battler Dunbine anime. So, oh, yeah, that. So this is nice. Um, I as as hope it gets a Blu-ray. It will. It will. They have masters. Uh, they have a Blu-ray. And so there's no reason Sentai wouldn't. Actually, so they, 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 they touted that in their freaking post. They said HD remastered. It's streaming on our site right now in HD. Okay. 
So I'm curious because I know that there is an OVA that didn't get released over here yet. So I'm I'm excited about this for that reason. Yeah, I was going um, to point out the bootleg I have of that OVA. The novel series would go on to inspire Garzy's Wing, which is hilarious. One of the funniest dubs ever made. And they said, and they said that the creator that went to a bar. An idea jotted on a napkin and went through it. And that's how he got the story of Garzy's wing. The, you mean the wings of Reen or the or the Bison Well story, you mean? Uh no, for Garzy Wing, the OVA. Okay, so so everybody needs to know about this. Or Battler Dunbine is remarkably sought after in uh the anime okay. community. It is not a good show at all. But at the same time, it's one of those bad shows that's bad in all the right ways that actually converts it into a good show. Literally, the story of this, I'm not even kidding. Character gets, it's, a, it's one of those isekai shows where a character gets transported to another world. Mm-hmm. Flying into the world naked on a giant goose. That is the story. I'm not even kidding. It is so funny. Uh, and it, uh, it's, it takes itself so seriously. It's it's just wonderful. Everything about it is wonderful. Now keep in mind he's talking about Garzy's wing. However, both or Battle oh, Dunbine and Garzy's wing. Is... No, I'm talk- they're both they're both about that same thing. That that happens in Or Battle Dunbine too. Oh, okay. For me, it for the series, both. for the series, they're both known for dialogue, but on different scales, like yeah. Or Battle Dunbine probably the best dialogue I've ever heard and read for a show. I highly pray just for a good quality. Garzy's Wing, they had to do something to make money, so they went the worst route route as possible, and it is hilarious. One of the lines in Garzy's Wing is, when you smoke or eat it, you get happy and do strange things, referring to a drug. (laughs) Um, Oh, John, why did you do that? There's a fairy in... So one of the things that's really funny, unintended. It's like it, it's. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a, an example here in the PlayStation Two game for Disgaea. If you're not paying attention when you're playing it, if you're just sort of turning your brain off while you're playing it, you won't notice this. But the attacks are so over the top that it's just absurd and like i had to uh, a friend of mine had come over to my house when i was playing it and he had he had to point it out to me for me to realize how absurd it was that literally like early on level attacks you're summoning meteors from the sky and crushing your enemies with them and it's so over the top right there's stuff like that in garzi's wing that you just don't if you're not like really if you don't disengage to a certain degree you aren't noticing how absurd some of the stuff is and how funny it is. There's a character in uh, Aura Battler Dunbine that is this little fairy character that you can kind of see. You can kind of see her right here. It's this character. And I'm not even kidding. In the mech, this character, as small as it is, is wearing like 
battle armor and it's it's just so funny there's something so funny about it uh anyway moving on sentai filmworks also licensed love chunibyo and other delusions take on me film i'm really hoping the aha song is in there somewhere just go say that take on me um and you, you guys have anything to say about this if you haven't seen uh love chunibyo and other delusions you should get it it's a really charming fun show to watch except that this character comes in in the second season and was kind of unnecessary Probably. i really had fun time watching this show yeah i've only seen the I first season and i had the same experience i will say that the dub for this is phenomenal um really i felt like all the characters were well cast and i thought that they um they made it a very fun experience watching it dubbed yeah. Moving on, a new Gundam series announcement will stream live on April 20th, which is well, tomorrow. Right now. At, well, it's well, right for now for me. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be live tomorrow. You guys can uh, check that out if you want. I wonder if it's the double O thing. I don't know. Who knows? There's so many Gundam oh, yeah. series. Today's 420. Yeah, Hitler's birthday. Okay. Memory Tech acquires... Pony Canyon Enterprise Video Production Authoring Company. So uh -huh. you had me share this, Augie? Yes. And if I understand this, this is not the U.S. This is the Japanese apparent company. So okay. this is kind of strange because you have Pony Canyon, who's been here since like mid-80s to now, get bought, get acquired by someone. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I read that wrong. It says memory tech acquired. So just so you know. Oh, hmm. Yeah. Huh. I'm, I read this wrong. When I first read this, I thought it was saying that Pony Canyon bought an authoring company for the purpose of authoring their DVDs. Like, for instance, um, there's a time. This is something I had looked into for the bootleg series that I probably won't end up including, but I might. Who knows? Regarding Funimation, there's a time where if you there's a, in, along the timeline, you can see that they used to outsource the authoring. Then they started doing things in house. I thought that's what was happening here, um, but you're right. It says Memory Tech acquires Pony Canyon, not the other yeah. way around. So that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about that. So yeah, Memory so. Tech Holdings fully acquired Pony Canyon subsidiary Pony Canyon Enterprise on March 20th after purchasing a hundred percent. 100% of its capital stock. Uh, Memory Tech Holdings did not disclose the cost of the acquisition. Pony Canyon Enterprises, a video editing, uh, post-production, and DVD and Blu-ray disc authoring company. Hmm. So, okay. And has also been involved with sound production for anime. The company also provides subtitles and dubbing for video and also prepares and encodes videos for streaming. It's a parent company of the Graphinica... Expelled in Paris, CG Animation Studio. Interesting. Never even heard of this. <laughs> um, or these, even. Uh, I think started uh, uh, on Helsing Ultimate. Junie Tyson. I know this one. What is this? Zodiac War? I've heard of it, at least. Yeah. Huh. That was last season ago, two seasons ago. EF. Well, I know you know about... Oh, they did the Gantz movie. Okay. Oh, interesting. Did they do uh, okay? So Helsing Ultimate is well, it? Uh, AC, well, if you look over on my screen, this is the Excel from Paradise. I don't say it was done by Toei. Um, what about? I wonder if they did the Resident Evil uh, movies Vendetta? too. Yeah, 
the whole reason I shared this article is I have no idea what's going to happen to the company. Yeah, that's is it interesting. Going to be absorbed, and they have more resources. Um, well, I mean, let's hope that what this is going to mean is that stuff will start getting released in box sets that are not redonkulous sized, and that yeah. uh, maybe I will finally get Sound Euphonium in uh, my collection. So, magical podcast, do your thing. Anyway, it's legendary Asian shogi doctor. player. What? 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 It's Asian Doctor Evil. Okay. <laughs> legendary shogi player makes voice acting debut in uh, the Professor Layton anime. Um, or is that Layton why I brought it up? Is it uh, Augie? This article. Yeah, probably reminds me of his brother. Anyway. Um, so what's funny is that when I when I was looking through this, I saw the uh, this was the the thumbnail, and then he's holding this book that has the girl. I'm like, is he voicing the girl? No, he's voicing the computer. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's reel to reel jumper wires. Anyway, um, moving on. So this was uh, confirmed here regarding something I think we had talked about in a previous podcast. Finally, we have some official news regarding that mysterious Monkey Punch-directed project. It will be an extended remake of the first episode of the Green Jacket series and will only be available as a bonus feature inside the first DVD box of Lupin the Third Part 5. Um, so anyway, that's I thought that was interesting. Moving on. 71-year-old Akira Kamiya delivers his current voice as City Hunter um, Rio Seba in video. So I yes, when I first when I when I first read this, I thought that it said that he was reprising his role for the uh, for the new series coming out, but actually, it just says in video. So maybe uh, maybe I was wrong. Yeah, so it says he is set to reprise his. In the, uh, okay, yeah, so it, I don't know why that confused me. Um, anyway, so that's interesting. This guy is 71 years old. Um, hopefully he lived, I mean, he's he's not terribly old, but in Japan, people die. <laughs> people either die when they're 105 or they die at 50. When they're five. <laughs> so, well, you do know yeah. what, el what else this guy's voiced. I mean, you have Ryu Saiba, sure. you have Muscle from Muscle, you have uh, Kinshiro from Fist of the North Star. Right. So um, anyway, I'm just uh, I'm just thinking before, it was interesting. Uh, before you click off be on this, finish finish what you have to say. No, go ahead. Okay. You notice Rio's hair, right? I have yeah. been to every barbershop, salon, even even cosplay people, whatever they want to be called. I cannot get people to style my hair that way. <laughs> I've been okay. Trying. Not everybody. Not everybody can have hair like this <laughs> get a wig <laughs> my hair is play-doh you can shape it into anything it's almost like okay, gumby okay. Here. did i kill ac i think you did oh wow we're gonna have to end the podcast i guess so it was gumby that did it wow now i'm at very low can you still hear me <laughs> i can hear you now <sighs> okay moving on Wish Fulfillment Manga, Kyokara City Hunter, uh, which means, by the way, just so you know, this is today, and this is, like, from, so this is, like, from today or today on City Hunter, releases first print volume, and I guess, uh, again, this is Wish Fulfillment, it's kind of a, kind of a bizarre, <laughs> kind of a bizarre thing going on. We've talked about this. 
the fan enters the world yeah. of city hunter yeah yeah so <laughs> this is such a look i can't i can't take it <laughs> anyway uh himoto umaru chan's sankaku head plans new manga series so do you have anything you want to say about this augie I'm hoping it's more Mario Chan, but he's probably going to go do something else. We'll see. I'm crossing my fingers for more of our beloved Garfield. All right. Moving into gaming news, Mega Man X Legacy Collection 1 and 2 launch in the West on July 24th, which is still kind of a ways away. Um, but yeah. Two like separately already. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that these have already been. Yeah. Well. This is a fun game. If you haven't played it yet, you should play them. They're really good. Uh, moving on. Um, so, Sega President teases a return to hardware game consoles, and this is so funny. Uh, they, I love, I love that this person actually included this, uh, this original ad that Genesis does what Nintendo don't, and then they with, they just copy what Nintendo did with the uh, with the SNES Classic or whatever uh, that they re-release, right? Which Augie... Well, I'm pretty sure they've already oh, done yeah. the like. There's a bunch of other third-party people that are doing classics for consoles as well. Yeah. Well, technically, Sega's been ten kind of doing this for a while now, just not at this commercial scale for everything. Right. Um, okay. So, last up on the gaming news, I just want to mention Don Machi, which is the uh, um, "Is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon?" Uh, there's a little bit of a controversy that's popped up um, since our last podcast regarding the English localization of this game <laughs> where they've removed an entire portion of the game. People called them out on it uh, on a Reddit, uh, on the official Reddit for it. Wow, I might have to <laughs> I'm just gonna pull that up there so I don't have these things in the bottom here going during while well, I'm trying to read this. Um, it, so this, so they had talked in the official subreddit for this game, and somebody replied saying, Hi, official Don Memo community team here. The touching feature, uh, which is what was removed, uh, was removed from the English version of the game. Yes, not as a matter of censorship or depriving non-Japanese audiences of anything, but due to what is appropriate and not appropriate for English audiences. Hope that answers your question. So they go on to, they say here, not censorship, and then go on to describe the exact definition of censorship. Let it go, HR. I think I know what they're talking about because <laughs> in like a lot of anime games, they have this like touch portion where you just like, I don't know, the girl is in some weird positions and you have to tap the screen and then okay. it like hits their bodies and stuff. Well here's here's she's in a weird position even... because she has a cramp. Come on, gotta uncramp the cramp. Off track. Here's a um here's something that is even further like damning in, in regards to this is that the commercial, like the advertisement that they put up for the game included the, the part that was taken from the the part they cut out literally in the advertisement on Crunchyroll's YouTube channel um they show the thing that was cut from the game right so yeah <laughs> if you want to fight back demand it more hashtag uh, uh whatever that works anyway well uh what's funny um is that people have people have accurately mentioned oh so this is what's really funny about this they had actually said in them here uh yeah so 
so people, had, a lot of people in the community had said, like, we're not okay with this. They said, I will pass along your feedback, but the team stands by the decision. Thanks. And then later on, they went to say, if you would like that feature, it's still available in the Japanese version. The so literally, <laughs> yeah, literally they're saying, uh, if you want to play, just get the Japanese version. So like, there go the sales <laughs> on Crunchyroll's. Uh, th this has been pinned on Crunchyroll for the localization Um I didn't know Crunchyroll localized games, but I don't. I'm not they really gamer, so. Like they announced they announced this back at last day WA. Okay. So anyway, um, the thing is that they've basically shot themselves in the foot. There will be an English patch uh, for the Japanese game, I'm sure that that includes the the part that they cut out. This is a terrible PR thing on, on their part. Uh, but uh, anyway, let's move on to the next. Uh, let's move on to the next uh, stuff. So. Augie, you had mentioned stuff about Gundam Double uh, yes. O. First of all, I want to say this. I, I put this at the beginning just in case you guys need to do it. These Gundam and other Nozomi deals end tonight. Click the link. Uh, so there's a bunch of stuff in here. I'm just going to go to the actual... Uh, Was that a Power Ranger Oh, it's reference? gone now! Yeah, they already ended. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Hold on. Okay, it's still it's still the same price. I was gonna get. I was gonna say you should get this. Um, the Gundam Double O. I already pre-ordered my copy. Uh, I I've been on the fence about this thing. So is this? This is the same box over and over again, right? Just showing the different. Yeah, yeah, the different yeah. Sides. That's not okay. four separate yeah. big boxes. I don't. I don't want it's like two that boxes that just slide into it. Has to be. Uh, so, and it does actually look like two boxes because the opening of the box, you can see. Yeah, that does look like two separate boxes, actually. Okay, whoever said something while I was talking, go ahead and say it now. I think what I was saying is that that. Poster is foldable, probably or rollable that right. goes in the box, so you don't have to worry. Well, I don't. I don't care about the poster. I'm not going to open the box. I just need. I know, to... I'm just saying you don't have to worry about the box being obnoxious because of the poster. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, got one five star review. Hey. Ooh, I totally received my copy already. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, sneeze track. Uh, also, loop on the third. Um, Part four Blu-ray is for the Italian version of it, right? Correct. I know it's, it's labeled the Italian the one version, that but also, does it... Oh God, I'm going to sneeze again. No! That's the one that they allowed... That's the one that they allowed the company to English dub. Yeah. Okay, so, so we've talked about this before, just to clarify. Um, this particular season of Lupin has a... Italian version and a Japanese version, and... Mm -hmm. It looks like the English dub is going on the Italian version. Um, and that it doesn't have music by Yuji Ono in it. It has it has a whole new music track. This version is supposed to be one. It's either the French or the Italians that buy a, a lot of anime to begin with. Yeah. They have one that's more true to them. Two, if I understand the Lupin production team i could be dead wrong if i am let me know a lot of it's animated in italy anyway really so you have maybe if i'm dead wrong correct me please um from what i understand they wanted to give give the two different versions one to, to make it feel more 
authentic to to the Italian setting, and the other one just being like it usually is. Hold on, Yuji Ono is the um, the Lupin uh, composer, right? Why why I, did that I name? I'm looking it up right now, and it's like a soccer player. <laughs> uh, oh, here, Japanese musician. Oh yeah, I, I just spelt it the different way. So th yeah, that's the guy. That 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 popped into my head, and then I'm like, wait a minute, is that what his name was? Um, anyway, also, looponthethird.com uh, on Twitter says latest some loop on news to be announced by Discotech at some point in the future. Uh, in all seriousness, there are a bunch of Lupin projects in the works at Discotech. The project I had in mind is basically complete, but unannounced. But that's certainly not the only thing coming. So more Lupin stuff coming. That's great. Yeah. I wonder if it's Gold of Babylon or if the is thumbnails hinting that there's more uh, Series 2 to come out pretty soon. I agree with that person's response saying, I hope that's a dub of the Red Jacket series or whatever. It didn't. Okay, first of all, you never said it directly. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I thought they already dubbed the rest of Red Jacket Lupin. I'm just calling them. I'm just saying. No, no, I see that. No, I'm. I'm, dub. I'm just asking. I thought that uh, was. I'm, I'm gonna go grab it. I'm not uh, sure what's first going on. To be dubbed, at least. That would be nice, right? Well, half of it is dubbed. The other half is not. I'm not sure if... I thought that was part two. That's what I'm talking about is yeah, part well, two. That's what the Red the red Jacket series is. Yeah. Oh. Japanese and English. Japanese and English. So, from what I've got here... Episode 41 to 70... Episode 1? Wow, that is... Oof. Somehow you got static. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I lowered the uh, quality for the stream. Um, I brought it back up. Episode 1 to 79 uh, is dubbed in English. Um, is that the complete uh, Season 2? Season 2 had like over 100 episodes or something. Yeah, we're still missing Part 3 and Part 4 for that. Looking it up. Hold up. I'm. I've only watched the Genion release of part two so far. Right. So, so part okay, one and part are. two was all the Genion. Loop on the third part two. Yeah, there's 155 episodes. I don't remember where. Was Steven ain't easy the final disc? And how many episodes did this get to? Because I remember. I remember we talked about this. As you're mm -hmm. gathering your thoughts, I kind of liked uh, when Toonami was showing Lupin. The tweets were so much from that one time period that I was able to keep up with, like, I think the Super Bowl on, on tweets just by mere mention. So I'm glad to hear that there's more coming out. Oh, oh wait, it's on me, so I'm going to shake this guy's little hand. There we go. Yeah, that's interesting. I know he's always there, and never gave him a sh handshake. Um, and he froze. Come on, AC. I know you can do it. As fans were lucky, Pioneer Deb right here. Is it real? Is the connection really that bad? 
Uh, off and on. As fans were lucky, Pioneer dubbed the first half when they were flush with Suncoast money at the height of the old market bubble, $25 plus for three to six episodes. Standalone DVDs definitely ain't happening in the era where sets are 50 to $60. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, anyway, uh, continuing. Screen sharing is, is not supported in audio only mode. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta up this. Well, at least it's Lupin leaking. Continuing. So, Funimation has now gotten part Wizards uh, $21.99. Um, Star Blazers obviously also goes by the name Space Battleship Yamato. That's the, the Japanese uh, title for it. Um, which you can see written right there, real tiny. So, this this is interesting due to the fact that um, this series was being released by a company called Voyager Entertainment, and some people consider that an import version of it. I, I guess I, I believe it's it an was, import. Okay, um, Justin Savakis uh, was um, responsible for authoring. That that's set that version of the set, and he had mentioned on Twitter that um, the last two volumes that he had worked on apparently aren't coming out, but at least he got paid. Uh, moving on from here, unless anybody else has something to say about that, uh, Devilman Crybaby Blu-ray um, is going to have a rap CD attached to it. No, um, so <laughs> people made such a rap. I, I I mean I'm not going to reiterate everything I've said about this. Or looking, they were just fawning over every little aspect of it. I just, I didn't get it. I didn't think it was worth it at all. Moving on. Okay. AC, you got to repeat what you just said. For this? No. Oh. For for the I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother. I'm just gonna Rozuka Ultraviolet Code zero four four Vipers Cree DVD set listed from Mill Creek, hmm. uh, and then somehow don't I might have accidentally yeah I didn't I didn't open up this one this was supposed to come first and Reese was talking about this in the uh, in the chat Metropolis Blu-ray released by Mill Creek. Um, these are all titles that Sony held. Um, and they were all released on... Um, well, this particular one had been released as a burned Blu-ray. Uh, and these had all been released through Amazon Create Space as... Um, <sighs> they're, bur <laughs> they're burned DVDs. But they're unusual burned DVDs. I, I'm not going to go through everything before, but there was a one of the reasons why the bootleg series isn't done is because of those burned. There's a weird anomaly with them that required me to do a lot of calling and emailing and getting shoddy answers that finally I could move. Um, and then. 
you guys have anything you want to say about these things, or, or can I just? Um. Well, I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of excited for the three anime series collection. I know it's cheating, and it's not going to be a good quality, but yay. Uh, just to just to uh, address what Reese was saying about Metropolis, um, released by Mill Creek, he was saying something in the chat about it being a Walmart exclusive. So I don't know. I don't, um, I don't know because I think Broco Takus or whoever WTK's link was to an Amazon page. I I thought so too. That's why I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but to continue getting through the release news here. Robert J. Woodhead had said, in other news, we'll be re-releasing Bubblegum Crisis on Blu-ray this fall in a non-limited edition. Our current working title for it is the High Def Disctopia, uh, which is better than our first title, the Not Quite as Ultimate Edition. So, um, that's probably... we come in the future you guys can look forward to podcast is magic edition uh releases do you, do you want to take over from here augie okay lay it on me all right releases so first up we got another i believe that's the movie isn't it yep the movie to assassination sass assassination classroom which <laughs> if i know fdd and m he's probably going to be saying ass class the movie you're right, you're right. Moving down, we got a Centaur's Life. Awesome. So far, both of these is July 3rd. Keep moving on. Another world with my smartphone. Keep going. Another world with my smartphone complete. So there's, oh, limited edition and standard. Moving on, we got the Garo, the movie, Garo, the movie Divine Flame. Then we have Tenchi, or we have AI Tenchi Muyo, which is supposed to promote an area for travel. Up next is Alex and Zoro. Zoro. Uh, let me just address: this is I Tenchi. This is the kanji for I, which Tenchi is love. Says, he, he said AI, oh. as in like artificial intelligence. I'm just addressing that this is actually meant to be I, as in love, uh, and this is the kanji for love, which is the kanji that's on Garo's face in Naruto. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on, for some reason they're doing a part three for season one for Monster Hunter story. Oh, you can skip over Alice and Zoroku? Okay, I, I did it. say Alice and Zoroku. Oh, okay. Sorry. Up next is part three for season what it, one of Monster Hunter. Why was that? Why are you surprised? Or whatever? They're doing a part three to a season one. Yeah, yeah so there's two seasons. Don't get me wrong, but... No, but this is season 49 one. onwards are season two. Okay, but he's saying it's listed here as season one, part three. Yeah. This is the third part. Yeah, and he's saying it's surprising because they don't usually go that far into parts for just the first yeah, season. This, yeah, it's been 2009, like, years ago. Nah, like, almost nine years ago. However, probably going to address this, this episode's this is episodes 25 through 36, so it's going 12 episodes at a time. Okay. Uh, and it, and it is farther into it than a normal, like, a, you know, most of the things that are part one, part two in the seasons don't go this far into the episode count. I think that's just because Funimation is doing it by the actual season, like what's considered in Japan, as opposed to the Netflix seasons, which says, oh, right. Soul Eater had four seasons. 
Yeah. Okay. Up next is Nambaka Part One. I believe that's one FDM likes. Another one up is Puzzle. I don't know. I don't know what you like. Another one coming up is Puzzle and Dragon X Part Three. Once again, I scratch my head to that, but another fun show. Moving right on is I Am a Hero, based off the manga series. <laughs> I am a hero. I am a hero. Oh God, more Sayuki. Yes, Brad's favorite, more Sayuki. So I can finally complete more of that series. Up next is a really awesome limited edition for Twin Star Exorcist. I'm now, looking forward to this one. It says with collector's box, so that makes me think it's like the Attack on Titan ones. But I realize that they're going to have to split that into like four parts because it's a 50-episode series, I think. Just real quick. Funimation, if you're listening to do sort of hinting at regarding the... Uh, um, Attack on Titan sort of setup. Uh, this is the way to do it, where you just say Twin Star Exorcists, and you know you don't actually put like complete series or season or whatever on it, and then you put the further releases in it, rather than doing what happened with uh, My Hero Academia, which was something I. That wasn't a mistake. I think that's like, how fully that intentional, <laughs> because they knew they were going to make a separate collector's box for season two part. Too. Yes, but the size difference and all that—it's just a—it's just dumb. It's a bad—it's a bad design. They should have. But they screwed up Attack on Titan too. You know what? You know what they did here. I, I guarantee. Yeah, they did. But here's here's what's funny about uh, about My Hero Academia is that they took the feedback of stop putting the stuff shrink wrapped onto it on the outside of the box. And they just put it in the box and made the box too big. <laughs> that's like that's got to be what happened. I don't mind. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right. So continuing here, we've got... Twin Star Exorcist Standard. Standard. Moving on is more Star Blazers Battleship Star Blazers. Yamato. And that's the end of... Part one. Here. Yep. I thought Each that going that through a... the month of July. Not all on July 3rd. Hmm. Yes. Anyway, yeah, I originally so thought we... that that Star Blazers was a brand new anime that they were dubbing and daring or something. Oh, do do not say that in conventions, FDD. You know, don't worry, I don't even go to conventions as it is. <laughs> not that there are any around. All right, you can so make a snowman. These are all um, what we just talked about. What we just talked about. So I'm just looking. Oh, great, Gravity Falls. Hey. Best anime. The oh, monkey. No, no, don't, don't argue with the chat. They said VeggieTales is a great anime. All one person. Let's see, Mobile Suit Gundam Age, Memory yeah, LVA. Yeah. I'm surprised there was more than just oh, JoJo's yeah, yeah, yeah. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Season Two DVD. I, I pre-ordered the Blu-ray with gift with purchase, but if there's a DVD, did Season One get a DVD like this? Probably. Mm, no, yeah. Like Disney. that, it yes. That, it got one of them from... Uh, it got that weird DVD from, I think, Warner Brothers? I mean, it's literally like right next oh, to me. Oh, yeah, sure. Right. Well, this is owned by Warner Brothers, so... Okay, but what I'm saying is... They didn't have a standard edition DVD from this. They only have yeah. the Warner Brothers. I'm on so, yeah. my... 
I feel like I'm in a weird porno when my thing is so <laughs> pixelated. There you go. Um, they had this. They had this release that was released by Warner Brothers in the the DVD form, um, and then the Blu-ray came out that looked like this for for this one. What I'm saying is now on. On, 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 on. You're still frozen. Are you? Rest are you trying to tell me that I? Just continue with what you're saying. Yeah. Because you're frozen today. Are you sure you're I not living sue, where I am? I want to sue my uh, internet provider. I'm spending so much money every month. For internet and it's garbage. I, so, uh, I'm just curious. I need to look this up. So on point, what are you looking up? Jojo. Okay. Do it by DVD. Yeah. So this is the only thing that I've seen is the Warner Brothers one. Okay. So this is bizarre. I didn't. I didn't even know they were going to do this. Anyway, I'll keep. Yeah, they're their own. <laughs> this is owned by Warner Left Brothers. Track on that one. Um, okay. So anyway, uh, is there anything else you want to uh, well, bring up? Whoa! Hold up. <laughs> They've got it in here twice: once with the gift with purchase, and once without it. So Say if you've sweeping. already pre-ordered it, make sure you got this one. Well, uh, FDDMs, uh, Sweet Blue Flowers is on Blu-ray now. Uh, yes, interesting. Then we get to Satellite Girl and Cowboy. That one's a Korean or something anime. Yeah, it's a Korean. Yeah, it's a Korean anime. Then we get to the discotheque stuff, which I pre-ordered. Just no. my internet. My interview. Uh, I can't see anything. Ah. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, we don't care about what that cover looks like. As someone who has milked cows for a living at one point, I find the term milk cow very redundant. Because what other kind of cow is there? If you got a male, it's a bull. So there you go. Well, I got beef masters, holsters, Angus. Yeah, but no one calls a milk cow. Come on. Okay, calling grandma. That better. Calling grandma? Yeah, when a milk cow gets too old, they send it off to get cold for medicine and other products instead of meat. Uh, living in New Zealand, I I was at a my so my dad was the assistant stunt coordinator for uh, Lord of the Rings, and the um, the main stunt coordinator, his family was living because uh, we were we were basically. Before it was a thing, we were basically Airbnb, right? Like we were we were staying at a house, not at a hotel, right? They the place they were staying at was like on a ranch or something, and they had like cows, uh, and they 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 were like stories about they they uh, named the cows Freezer Bag, <laughs> so that they wouldn't get <laughs> because eventually that cow was going to get slaughtered and thrown in the freezer. <laughs> anyway, um, so. Did was there more? Was it? Was I a? Did I skip discotheque stuff? Was there more to the? Uh... No, that was it. 
that was it. So we can we can end that. Okay. Okay, going into random merch news. My favorite section, mm -hmm. although I started putting these things in a, kind of a weird way. Declare your love for Magical Girl Ore at a new collab cafe. Da, 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 da. Look at all these fancy drinks and crap. Moving on. Get fully licensed goodies at Tiger and Bunny Cafe. I only want my half licensed goodies, okay? Animate Cafe gets jazzed up for Cowboy Bebop collaboration. And that's basically all, all this is, and I don't know what this is a picture of or why. Oh, that's the monster in the freezer. That rock lobster. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. That's what that For is. For getting huh? that iconic episode. It's as if you're a father. Um, All right. Gundam. Okay, so I, I showed this one because, uh, well, I should have grabbed the tweet ahead of time. Um, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you saw that I actually ate at Coco Ichibanya right before I left California. Um, so this is further uh, Coco Curry. Um, tie-in stuff i don't I don't know what it is cocoa curry is delicious by the way um i don't know why it is so like in japan at least it's so hooked into like the the otaku culture and stuff but i'll just say that uh this is way better than <laughs> like i wish that the ones in america got these tie-ins <laughs> where i could get these special spoons and crap um at least you're lucky to eat at the restaurant i'm wanting denny's over here to serve the same parfaits that they do in anime well when you when you come down for anime expo maybe i'll take you to uh coco curry it's kind of it's kind of out of the way though like to to go all the way to la where you are and take you down to uh irvine for it but yeah, so we'll see uh, what we can get there this is this is great godzilla chills out with spa resort hawaiian's collaboration so <laughs> it's an actual resort like a spa Like a spa. A spa. Yeah, I heard that. That's all I heard. A spa. Spa here, spa there. Hey, Godzilla. I'm everywhere. I said more relaxing than a giant Godzilla statue at your spa <laughs> where you're trying to relax. I love this that is that a, is this like is his fire breath, whatever, just heating up the... Yeah, I, I, I would... I would be shocked if that wasn't something in the uh, in the spa. Um, anyway, so this is for the uh, for the Netflix so Godzilla animation. at the spa. Does that mean that Gamera will be at the country club? I don't know. <laughs> All right. So I saw this on Twitter, and I'm sharing this as a lead-in to something uh, that I shared. Oh God, no! Yes, it's coming, guys. <laughs> so this is a, a Frieza backpack that apparently J List sold at one time. Um, and the reason I'm sharing this is because on Facebook, I saw an ad where somebody, it was a video, a Facebook video. I was watching a Facebook video. That video ended and it went down to the queue to an, another random thing. And it was for this product, <laughs> a golden Frieza skull for 350 bucks. But why are the eyes still there? Yes, I get the skull part, but the eyes, come on. Yes. So, you know, everyone's have... got multiple skins in the closet. Some people want multiple skulls of Frieza. 
Well, first of all, this thing looks terrible, in my opinion. I don't know why they chose to do this, like, indent for this part. As if it's yeah. like the skull has been cut open to reveal this part, when in reality, this it just makes zero sense to me. Yeah, why is it why oval? That's supposed to be, like, circular. Yeah, it looks so bad to me. And the veins. The Why the veins on the skull? <laughs> What were you thinking? <laughs> so, now here's the thing understand. that's hilarious about this. Now we had a long discussion off podcast about how is this a thing, and I I discussed that there, and, and I was shocked to learn nobody else had known about these before I mentioned it. There is an entire community of what I will respectfully call white trash dragon ball z fans who buy the cringiest shirts and mugs and shit that i it, i cringe when i see them like i don't want to meet the person who buys them i don't want to meet the person who buys this displays it proudly in their home and i was convinced that this was a flop product but then i realized the reason that they made this product is because they sold out of normal frieza and this looks even worse the eyes man the eyes <laughs> why are there eyes can, on a skull i think i can understand why someone would want a product like this like i'm pulling this example of my ass but say i had a computer monitor and i colored it like purple and white and said hey it's a frieza monitor like you know something casual like that it's not meant to be like i don't know a proper here's my frieza statue so that someone's like, oh, this is a normal skull, but look, it's purple and white like Frieza, but like a couple more details, you know? I can get the collecting skulls. I have yeah, a few. Remember, remember I shared that. <laughs> I have a few myself. <laughs> Not like this hideous thing, but I don't get it. If you want this, you don't want the eyes. You want the skull. The whole reason you would want right. this is just to add atmosphere to the room, like a Halloween decoration, for example. Yeah. It, oh God, it's, it's just so bad. Whew, moving on. Worse. <laughs> it just keeps getting worse. This one actually has a lower jaw. It looks so bad. Looks like someone tried to create Homer Simpson's skull, but it ran out of yellow, so they used bubble gum. He's actually Giver prototype. <laughs> it just looks so bad to me. Now, now there is one that I'll give him. I can un okay. I can't understand anybody sp spending four hundred bucks for this. I can't. Oh my god. Oh no, no, no. But and I'm not saying that the price is worth it. But I can understand. Can understand. I can understand that too. You know, nothing. You can all understand. You're not alone, AC. We heard click action. This is the one where the eyes could have been left in. This is the one where the eyes could have been left in. And yet they're not. And <laughs> they did it correctly. Colossal Titan. <laughs> but I, I would not pay $450. All right, Brad, I think we've seen these skulls enough. Yeah, I'm moving on. The last one. Anyway. Uh, Danny shared this. Fist of the North Star body wash keeps Japan's men clean. I like how his 
breaks away <laughs> from the actual. Oh, no, Yeah. His arm, by the way, looks like this. Looks like it's supposed to be Toriko. <laughs> uh, no, nobody who, who hasn't seen the show will get that. Toriko gets like one of his arms gets super freaking buff. And it's like it's like the old masturbation joke, like you're really buff on one side of your body. And it, it looks like this, where one arm just gets enormous compared to the rest of him. Anyway, um, I saw this. I shared this for you, uh, Augie. Charge Man Thank Ken you. goes vintage in new T-shirts. I, I actually thought these looked really nice, but here's the uh-huh. issue. Um, they're Japan size, and I, yeah. I don't think I could actually get one that would... I wouldn't be able to buy with confidence knowing it would fit because they're, they just, yeah, they have a different sizing. M&M could wear that. Say what? Yeah. Only FTD and M could wear that. And he hasn't seen the show. Uh, and there's also some cool um, space adventure Cobra. Uh, I love how well. Augie's just oh, assuming wow. every show that I haven't had. <laughs> I'm saying that cause I can, I'm gauging f- from scale of your chair to DVD to your body that you're skinny enough to actually fit it without your belly showing. Are you sitting in the chair? Are you sitting in a blue version of the chair that PewDiePie has, by the way? You do realize these chairs existed before PewDiePie, right? No, I'm just asking, is that the chair that you can lean all the way back in? (sighs) You know, (laughs) this is a certain type of chair. Okay, but yes, it leans all the way back. (laughs) Right. <laughs> to the dentist, oh, oh, that chair. I brought, five minutes. I brought my own, sir. Please let me let me get my checkup in comfort. Laugh track. Um, okay, so anyway, th- there's these, and then there's there's also these are some really great products. Like I wish I could get these. Uh, so there's that one. There's also Kashern. Which I'm going to assume is this one they didn't look. What the heck? <laughs> what? Let me close up. <laughs> okay, that that took a weird turn. <laughs> anyway, this will be the last one. Mm, pancakes. Drilling into those pies. I drink your blood. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that link is there if you guys wanted to uh, check out the rest of those. That was silly. I called pies pancakes. All right. First for figures announces incredibly detailed berserk statue, and you can pre-order it on Crunchyroll. Uh, the same image twice in a row. I wonder if there was supposed to be a, another image there. We don't Not get to see. Already. So it's, it is pretty detailed, uh, and I'll just say it's not hard to get something this detailed. Yeah. Yeah. When it's this freaking tall, <laughs> those are soda cans. <laughs> First, we like to call them up here pop cans. Yeah, that's where that came from. Yeah. Isn't there in a a variant exclusive with the blood all over him? Um, this isn't. They they do have ones like that. Uh, this particular one is a new one, um, that is, I think even further detailed than that one that you're referring to. Cause that, that one has been around for a while. Um, oh, I also man. think this is 3d printed, but as good as all this looks, the hands look 
crap on this thing. And the reason why is because this sword has got to be freaking heavy uh, for this figure, and they got to like really make it in a way where it'll hold on to it. Yeah, but it just it looks bad for some reason. I don't know. Doesn't look as good as I feel like it could. Although this is pretty interesting, the uh, you know the spring and everything. Which let's be real, as as authentic as this looks, there's no way that he can actually grip the sword. With the, <laughs> there's no yeah. way that this actually works in the manga. As much as I love Kentaro Miura, um, I wish he would finish his masterpiece. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of want it to go on forever, but I, I understand the, the sentiment. You don't want him to die before it's done. You don't want mm-hmm. Ra to die. High school dead. So, um, Reese shared this: the Queen of England's tailors make ultimate char cosplay. Uh, and so this is, I mean, this isn't an inaccurate statement, but I kind of feel like this title is a bit misleading. Uh, it just happens to be that um, the people who have been tasked with making the uniforms for Royal Guards and stuff were the ones who actually made this. And the thing is, I found out later, this thing is actually for sale for $8,000. <laughs> no joy. And then, hey, look, a parfait. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so this is we're into the random miscellaneous news. Uh, Japan just made a discovery that straight out of code geese. Do we geos? Anyway, Gios. so uh, they found a huge deposit of rare earth elements off the coast of Japan, and I'll let you guys go through the uh, stuff if you want to read that on your own time. But um, it, was, it was sort of an interesting read. Um, Tokyo's life-sized unicorn Gundam lights up this month. So, um, this is another nice thing Japan gets that we don't get in America. Life-sized robots. Life-sized robots. Um, um, Mamoru Oshi now has a Twitter that you can follow. So, it's at Oshi underscore Mamoru. And Detective Conan is now on Instagram and already has over sixty-two thousand followers. Holy so that's another thing you can uh, you can get in on. Also, <laughs> Detective Conan protects Shibuya as police chief for a day. I love that Japan's crime rate is so low. They do they do these gimmicks. This is like when you elect the dog mayor uh, in the United States, <laughs> which we should always vote. For. Always vote for the dog. Um, anyway, I just think this is really funny. Anyway, so that's basically it for the articles. Um, which means I can finally look at the chat again. And I'll be in my little porno mode. Yes. I could literally I could literally show off uh, things I normally would have to censor on the channel. Yeah, do that. <laughs> New division. You know, it's funny. You know who else has a Twitter now? Um... Kanye West. And here's the thing. I don't have to follow him because I follow enough people that are constantly retweeting his crap. <laughs> it's as if I'm following him by proxy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Last oh yeah, last podcast, I finally hit over 500 tweets. Woo. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Robert J. Woodhead just hit his 1,000th tweet. Well, actually, he's got three separate Twitters because he's he's done so much in his life. He's got a Twitter for his wizardry game days um animago and you know he's got he got a bunch of stuff so it's not technically his thousands but there was a thing i I removed it from the from the roster of things to talk about because it wasn't important enough though um anyway so shall we go into rosafon who should start or actually should should over the 
Oh, small world. Should we go over the um, the chat real quick? True. Four twenty, blaze it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, well, they say when you read the bottom of it, it's it's a small world after all. And he's frozen. Okay, can okay, uh, your Evans. Your your perception of me is frozen. Evangelion. Okay. Ah. My wife sent me a text that says, I think that my dad is well 50 porn stars. They're acting and their talking pattern is like someone who is just learning how to type on a typewriter. <laughs> I only heard like half of what you said there. Yeah, Augie, did you hear half or all of that? I, I heard all of that, but you kind of yeah. go and uh, Tom meets the mayor on me visually. <laughs> Well, it doesn't matter visually if, if it gets bad. I'm just going to go, as long as I'm not showing anything, I'm just going to go into, uh, I'm, I'm going to go into censor uh, porn mode. Um, anyway. All right. So are any, did anything interesting pop up in the chat? Or are we going to? Well, I recommend you read the last three AC, but. Hey, an average <laughs> in here. I haven't seen him I, here before. Yeah. <laughs> a script, script weaver. I, I uh, told him to join if he's interested. Oh, cool! Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, let's go into uh, into Razafon then, which I'm realizing now I have to go out of this mode again so I can share the, uh, the Twitter moments. Oh yeah. So let's let's start off by let me just ask. So first of all, just to clarify, the reason that that mecha guy is guesting is because I foresaw our normal hosts not thoroughly enjoying Razafon. And I wanted to bring that mecha guy in because he actually really likes the show. Um, so I wanted to have a counter opinion to what we're going to be saying. Um, because I feel like, I feel like one of the reasons why we all didn't necessarily love it is just because maybe we didn't get it. <laughs> you know, maybe there were parts of it like we're missing something. So I did, I, I thought it would be a good idea to, uh, to have you here. Um, I just realized I wrote I wrote our Twitter moment as um, for the Ogsafon conspiracy. This is the hooked on phonics tweets. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, you have a uh, Augie or FDGM? FDGM, you watched it, but not the movie. Is that correct? Correct. Though I probably don't mind being spoiled because you'll just tell me the differences and break them down. I guess I don't know. I I literally remember only one. Well, okay. Let me start by just saying that. Um, I read the manga, which I've got right here. Oh, yeah, that's right. The manga. And uh, the manga has overwritten my memory of the show. <laughs> um, so I actually don't remember the... How do I get the... Oh, I've got them up. I was like, how do I get the front covers of these? Um, so I, I actually... Oh, killing me, internet. You're killing me here. I actually don't really remember the, uh, um, the show all that well, but I do remember one specific difference between the movie and the show, because the movie is actually a, a condensed retelling of the show. And mm -hmm. they're, they're using mm -hmm. actual clips from the show strung together. And there's several parts where all they did was they had to animate a new scene to link two scenes together so that they could tell the story quicker, right? Without an unnecessary right. detour. Um, so for instance, 
I'm I willing, I'm willing to argue that it's a sequel. However, I, however, with what you said, that could be also true as well. Because of how the series ends, it does that whole reset, sort of. Not really. I don't remember how the series ended. And no, I, don't remember. The I was watching the movie. A, a time skip, and that was it. Oh yeah, yeah. there's a time. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's still freaking painting. <laughs> he's still he's still painting. Uh, what's her name? Um, Reka. Reka. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or so spoiler, because post credit yeah. scene. Yeah. Yes. Spoilers. If those of you who haven't seen the show yet and are looking to watch it. Yeah. So uh, here's the, here's the thing. Okay. So this is Reka in the anime. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is Reka in the manga. Hell, she is yeah. not at all the same person. It looks like a Chobits Chi. Chi, uh, she is. It's it's bizarre. The story is so bizarrely different. Um, I don't I don't even know how to begin to explain. Okay. But, uh, I have a proposition on how we should go about this because yeah. I feel like at least you and me, Brad, we kind of got a similar experience of it where we're kind of like what was that so, so i so, think okay I, i'm gonna i'm gonna guess what you're about to say are you gonna say that we should have that mecha guy walk us through the story what he likes about all that stuff and then and then we can chime in with uh like a whole bunch of that like i get it now kind of well no i was gonna propose that you and i just kind of sum up what we thought okay like without going into too much detail because we're probably just gonna go into one of those tangents about like oh this symbolism could mean this and then it turns out that we're just wasting our thoughts on something that is not i was gonna quickly um pop through the uh the stuff that had gone on on through twitter and the stuff that i had pointed out from the manga and whatnot do you think that that would be a valuable use of our time or no like for Uh... instance we, I think the manga can be saved for after we're done with like the okay. TV series. Sure, that, that, that's fair. Yeah. No work. Augie, would you like to... Uh, I'll, I'll just throw this out here. The very first thing that's on the manga is the themes of this comic are family and happiness. <laughs> well. Okay, so if I'm... St- yeah, I'll start it off. Um... My predictions were kind of on rail, but then it kind of spread a little bit. This is so. This series is inspired from Evangelion and through my watchings, also Neo Ranga. And Raideen the Brave. Yeah, which is very, very similar to as far as the mech and its uh, weapons. And even also, how the pilot, even uh, the pilot gets in the robot. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bask in the glory that I said that, and you guys said I was wrong, and and that mecha guy has just confirmed that I was correct. Just throwing that out there. With uh, with it being similar to Neoranga, the whole, the whole conflict of the main character trying to get through this whole disarray of what's going on around them in order to get to a common place. In Evangelion, you can kind of tell where they took the toys and replayed them in different scenes. <laughs> well, two things. I'll agree with you. It is similar to Neoranga, 
in the sense that I remember almost nothing from both of these shows, even though I literally just watched Rose of One. <laughs> um, but uh, the thing about Evangelion that is quite bizarre is that people had said like, oh, it's like an, it's like an Ava ripoff. Right. And that's what, that was what everybody was saying. In fact, a lot of, I'm not saying you said that a lot of people say that. Right. Um, And uh, there are a lot of anime out there that are, I would consider an Ava ripoff. For example, burn up W. Not burn up W. That B word. Parallel trouble adventures. The similarities to the setting in uh, Ava in this show is absurd. The uh, this character not only kind of looks like Shinji, but he also lives with like the teacher, and it's just like it, it gets bizarre. You know, it's like how how close it is. Um, but but yeah, there's a lot of shows that do that, uh, and it's funny because I I was determined to go into Razafon without letting that hold me back. Although I will say that my first. Your first. Your first. Your first. But first. your first. But your last. Now your that's a real first. question. <laughs> last just resets again. No, it doesn't. It, it I think I see it. Oh, it is back. He's right. trying to be back. He had that, like that finger pointing up. He's moving slightly. Come on, AC, you can do it. This is why we need net neutrality. All right, come on, AC. This has absolutely nothing to do with neutrality. Bring that into this. Um, (laughs) The friend that I went to to while I was there, there, where... um, because back booths used to do like events where people would gather around the booth and they would like use like t-shirt cannons and stuff. And he told me a story about um, the, like a year prior they had uh, ADV had launched out a shirt um, and his friend caught it and it, it turned out to be a Razafon shirt. So during the event, he threw the shirt back, <laughs> back at them. <laughs> um, so that was, that was my introduction to Razafon way back in the day was uh, that people didn't like it. Um, and uh, the thing that was funny is that when I got to the final episode or the final stretch of, of Rosafon, they literally do the congratulations, Shinji. Like that that whole thing actually happens in Rosafon. And it was so like the parallel was so clear. It was, it was bizarre. I couldn't believe it. It shocked me. Um, and I, I don't think that's even what people were talking about uh, when they were comparing it to it, but it was just so bizarre that that particular moment actually comes into Razafon. So anyway. Another ish, another thing that I liked about Razafon is you have, aside from those issues, you have the time desolation stuff that's going on. A different twist on the, I guess you call it isekai, but the person transported into another world. But uh-huh. in this case, not really. Yeah, I. After watching the first disc, I messaged you on Facebook and I said something to the, to the effect of the person who wrote this conspiracy must be a flat earther. Maybe. I don't know that much about flat earthers. Well, I was all I was saying is that the 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 conspiracy they were 
theoretically proving in their in their show was so absurd that it was uh, i i used flat earth because i thought you would know that better but it's actually they were pulling from the nibiru um conspiracy theory that, that there's a another planet outside of our orbit that crosses it's gonna crash yeah they, they they claim that it will crash into earth at some point um in the future and it's one of those things where they constantly have a date like oh it's gonna be uh 2012 is what's gonna happen it's like no no, no the end of 2012 when the actual mind calendar and then it's like no no no, it's gonna be you know so it's just one of those things and there's there's all sorts of aspects to that and nibiru also goes into the whole like um ancient aliens theory all that stuff is in there but i'm just saying is that the the idea what i was getting at is that the idea that you would actually because what this is is sort of the matrix style version of of a system of control to contain a population but then you also have a freaking war happening between the two sides and one side is supposed to be completely ignorant of the fact that that they're just like that (laughs) they call it tokyo jupiter it's like it's not the whole planet is gone except for tokyo but it's also it's also a planet of itself it's so bizarre it's just a weird i the manga made it even funnier like just how ridiculous it was (laughs) another aspect that i liked was the character relations the drama not really triangle but just chain upon chain of what's going on and what's going to happen next you do have some you do have some uh love love issues going on which kind of kept it interesting it felt like a harem even though it's not explicitly a harem harem um it was it was it was harem in the same way that um knights of sidonia is a harem i guess yeah i don't, i haven't watched that but yeah probably I re- I me to me I really like the characters. Find the main character will sulk at some points, but at the same time, when the different situations are presented against him, it kind it makes more sense. You feel as like the viewer, you're guided as to how this person will feel, not an event from the past. I'm sulking. Mm-hmm. Um, this is definitely a 2001 series <laughs> with everything being written, written from not like if you have a typical war series, it's tactics between one side, other side, how do we advance and go from there? In this case, it's what I, uh, ideology are we let's destroy the other other ideology that's not really said, but they're the bad guy because they're blue bloods. Yes, it was very um, black and white. It was Zentradi versus human um, right. protoculture t- type stuff. Um, yeah, it was very one-sided. Um, this was produced it, it, by Bones, right? By Bones, yeah. which I kind of admire their attempt on doing this because to me with Bones, they tr- at this era, they're there, but they're trying to do something new, or they're trying okay. to expand it some other way. Just so I don't forget to bring it up later, I will say the animation in the movement of the Razafon is like yours right now. No, no, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. 
I like the movie. Some some of it's angelical. Some of it's like they rotoscope someone in a suit. But what does AC? Yeah, I'm just saying. Like there were there were shots where what there were shots. There were shots. Shots were. Oh no! This is. Come on, we can hear a little (gasps) bit of you. There, where Razafon was moving in such a way that it really conveyed humanoid movement and range of motion but was drawn as the robot and it was done phenomenally well oh yeah one of my predictions danny commented hold on danny commented luckily he was not frozen licking ketchup from his sandwich uh, great reference to a previous podcast. I'll just say I don't. I hate ketchup. It was it was mayonnaise and mustard. I was looking. <laughs> All right, back to Augie. All right. Another aspect that I kept hearing about Rosafon is how great the music was the whole time. I'll agree that the music was great in performance, like when they put it with a scene of dialogue. It's not some sort of flat read to it. It actually enhanced what was going on to make what what might have been a slow-paced scene into something more natural. The music was applied very well for it, but I don't see myself getting a soundtrack for this series. I think that that one theme that plays at the DVD menu was like recycled a lot. Was I the only one that heard that? Oh, yeah. They even use it in the commercials for, uh, what, anime... Anime Network. Okay, well, let me let me jump in here because I actually have a lot to say about this music here. I had the soundtrack before I watched the show, and the music is phenomenal. Now, here's what's weird about this. Watching the show, all my favorite songs never came up. <laughs> so that was very weird going into it. Um, one of the songs that's on the soundtrack is called The Garden of Everything, um, and that's a phenomenal song um it's uh steve conti who's who's one of the uh he has a couple songs in wolf's reign and stuff um but uh it's a great song and i I never heard it show up in the actual show it was so bizarre um so i don't know about that like i don't i don't know i don't know what was going on with the music it was it was really bizarre like i I mean i heard a couple times a soundtrack at that point if it's not in the show i i was shocked too i i had always assumed it was the soundtrack maybe it was like Maybe it's the same. Sometimes they do songs that are like extended out of it, but never ended up getting you. I don't know. It was weird. Sometimes for albums like that, they take music from the voice actors and insert it like singles of their own. Yeah, but but Steve Conti, I don't believe is a voice actor. He's just a singer. Um, he, he did the song Stray. That's the only song he ever did. Well, he froze it stray, but I really want to hear what he has to say. He did this. Go ahead. Stray. He did a couple. I, I just don't remember off the top of my head. He froze that on top of my head. Kind of amazed he can still hear us when this happens. He can? I, I can hear you absolutely fine. I suspect that it's not even my issue, that it's you guys. <laughs> I can hear you perfectly fine. Okay, he also did Heaven's Not Enough from Wolf's Reign. Um, yeah, it's listed right here. Garden of Everything from, 
from. Oh no. Okay, Steve Conti has yeah. his, has a listing on my anime list. I'll tell you which songs he did. Internet's dying right now. <laughs> Is it important? There we enough? go. It's back. It's back. Okay, he also did theme songs in uh, Cowboy Bebop. He did songs in there. I forget which particular one. He's also in Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. Let's see if anybody. Yeah, Heaven's Not Enough. Living Living Inside the Shell from uh from um Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. That was him. Anyway, so that's that's the the point. You guys were saying that I wasn't listing more than just straight, but I'm just giving you a couple more of the ones that, so you know who I'm talking about. Oh. So that mecha, unless Brad, were you finished with that point? About the music, yeah. Do we do we want to go into some of the other stuff uh, regarding the show and and the tour? Um, well, I kind of want to see what that mecha guy has to say with what we've talked about so far. I think we should okay. finish yeah, with go for it because he'll well, probably well, be able to debunk us, <laughs> unless you have something you want to bring up that we mentioned. Well, I mean, like you, AC, and uh. FDDM. My first viewing, I did get confused by it, but because I like I like the artwork so much and the the theme to the overall show, I just wanted to give it a second chance. And watching it again, I picked out a lot of things that I finally understood with the uh, Terra and then uh, Maya. What's her name? Maya Kamina's motivation as far as like wanting to take control of Ayato and Make, influencing him to retune the world once uh, he was old enough, or I'm not sure if it was was he supposed to be old enough to be a, to pilot the he was, I can't recall what if they had if been I a certain age. If I understood it. it right, he was supposed to be old enough to become the monster. In the manga, he's a clone. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of test tubes a la Alien Resurrection with him in multiple stages of the cloning process. Alien Resurrection or Red Tank. And when, again, I, I really like the... Because Kamina's or Ayato was specifically was supposed to play as like this perspective for the audience. For us mm -hmm. to feel what he felt. You know, that's basically feeling alienated and how you alone. say, yeah, huh? alone, isolated, yeah, and the fact that um, Maya wiped out his memories when she took over Tokyo, the fact that he still had some memories of uh, Reiko, Haruka, okay. that Haruka. that was very powerful to me because they, uh, what I've noticed too about the show is like basically it gives you the message that love conquers all, sure. no matter. What the situation is uh, here as, that as sappy as that is yeah yeah uh, i can i can buy into that so the manga is so freaking different yeah, yeah and, and i do and i do have to say i haven't read the manga yet but now that you mentioned well, it, I, I kinda, i'm only uh, i'm only bringing it up because i so this weird thing happens uh when you're editing videos that i've noticed is that um, when I spend a lot of time editing footage I recorded at Anime Expo, my memory of the event, like my first person perspective of being there, gets overwritten by the video footage I'm editing. 
right? So my memory of the event gets overwritten as the actual video footage I saw over and over again while I was editing it versus what I actually saw, right? And having just read the manga, my memory of the show got overwritten with what, with what happens in the manga, and you're sort of bringing me back out of it as you're recalling. Um, just mm -hmm. to clarify for people, Maya, I, um, Kamina is uh, Ayato's mom, just so that it's not confusing anybody. I want to look in here. There's a. Um... Well, actually, I'm not sure if you remembered, but in the film, she was actually the biological mother, whereas in the main show, she was his aunt. Mm -hmm. And really? Juan was actually the biological mother because I'm not sure if you remember in the story, her and Juan, they arrived on Earth and both were. Being taken by custody by uh, what's her, his face? Um, Haruka's uncle and the oh, other guy Jin who. Kunugi? I'm sorry? Was it Jin Kunugi? I can't remember the name. It's been quite a while since I last watched their show. I just know that, yeah, that one the, of them. If that's the case, what job did they have? I'm sorry? Here, if, I'm going to. If you can't recall the name, what job did they have? Hold on, hold on, hold on. One of them was the surname Kamina, and he has the one with the eye patch. Okay, so he the general. volunteered to, how you say, put his DNA on and have give have Quan give birth to his two sons. This and guy? I saw that. Yeah, no, no, that's uh, the twin brother. That's yeah. Jin Kunugi. That's the guy I was asking about. Right. No, it's the uncle. I know the uncle played a role in raising uh, Maya as his adoptive okay. daughter. And well, the whole the terror. What the guy? What's his name? <laughs> the guy. The, the one was in charge of all all the ter about terror. The old man. Oh, oh the yeah, Blant. Oh God, he had a weird name. He was the originator of the conspiracy. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Let me let me pull up his name. Um. The I know it starts with the B. I just I, yeah, I know like, because no. he eventually I know and it's been told that he starts to take over people's bodies throughout the years just so he can right. live long enough to and you were, you, the person you were talking about earlier was Itsuki Kisaragi was the guy you were talking about I think the uncle guy yes and then the guy you're talking about right now is. Ernst von Bobbin. Yeah, Bobbin. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one behind all the cloning. And yes, he's the one that later in the series is killed, but he takes over the body of the person who was killing him. It was a female. Yes. Who was yeah, that is another. Niece. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally forgot about, about that, but that's another, another conspiracy. So. When the show was made, it looks to me like the creator wanted to put a bunch of conspiracies in it. So they looked into what were the popular conspiracies among the tinfoil hat people at the time. The kind of stuff that uh, the stuff that was so out there that it would basically fall under fiction to everybody who who was unfamiliar with it. Uh, and uh, that would be so. Just to clarify, this is the guy we're talking about. Um, so there, there's a. I mean, I, I don't want to go into the detail on it, but there is a, there is a conspiracy about um, about sort of this ritualistic idea that people can pass on consciousness. Uh, and in fact, the 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 Razafon conspiracy in general of the Mecca God goes into this whole transhumanist reshaping the world in in 
in the way that these elites want to push it through. Um, because it's like, for instance, Ray Kurzweil is one of the guys who who believes he will be. He says, "I I don't believe in God yet, I, uh, but believes that he will become God by fusing with machines." It's just it's this whole thing. So, um, right. yes. So going going back to uh, to Bob and what were you saying and and uh and these guys? Yeah, I kind of got lost. I got sidetracked now. Um, oh, here's the eye patch guy. It was it was Shiro Watari. Is the guy with the eye patch? Yeah, he's the actual biological father of Ayato and Itsuki. That's what I uh, understood. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna share. And, and the reason why they just they wanted to uh, essentially give birth to these kids with the, with the same blood as Quan is so that they he still could have the ability to be an instrumentalist because Quan couldn't do it due to her arrival and unfortunate slumber, I believe she, I know she slept for quite a long period of time where by the time she had awoken, she could not pilot. Um, no, wait, wait. I thought you said was his mother. No, I'm sorry. 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 i the, to become an instrumentalist and be able to pilot the Rosafon and uh, retune the world. Okay, so let me let me just address real quick something about this. That um, during the last podcast, I stated that if you wanted to watch the show, you needed to start immediately, and you needed to watch at least two episodes a day in order to get through it uh, in time because of how long it was. I had planned yes. on on taking my time with the show. I actually had intended once I finished it to go back and rewatch it in Japanese. Um, something occurred where because my wife is, is in California right now, um, taking care of the kids on her own with um, my in-laws. Uh, it became too much for her. Uh, and I, I actually had to go down there just, just a couple days ago in order to lighten the load a little bit to give her a break. And so my watching of the show got truncated into basically needing to marathon the whole thing at once. And I was literally um, sort of during the, the sort of, there was a private stream we did where I went through the extras boxes and all that. And I was putting all that away. I had it playing on my desktop uh, in this room while I was getting that stuff repacked up. So my attention for it was divided. So um, uh, going back to it, like, I'm just saying like, I didn't have the opportunity uh, to, experience it the way I had intended and the way you're making it sound, as you said, is that it seems like re-watching it is necessary in order to. It actually fully... is. It's a very yeah. complex yeah. show. And to be honest, that's not for everybody, but it's, I especially, I like it because I like thought provoking storytelling. Well, I will you know, address. I like the show that makes me think a lot. Yeah, no, and I I absolutely do as well. And I wish I could have I wish I could have uh, approached it from a different angle to be able to really um, to really experience all that. I will address though that Lishansky had said uh, he's pretty sure it's one of his top five anime, right? And I asked oh, him yeah. to elaborate on why that was. Uh, and I'm going to just go ahead and and bring this into the conversation now and read what he said so he said number one uh so he said spoilers ahead these are the reasons why i liked it number one had a good ending that wrapped basically everything up number two pacing was very good in his opinion the director didn't try to jam everything into the last two to three episodes and failing especially as they ran out of a budget uh, meaning that 
that they didn't fail to do so. Um, Yeah. Uh, And um, number three for him, uh, he enjoyed the characters and their interactions, especially the protagonist Ayato and his journey through what was truth and what was false. Number four, uh, he enjoyed the relationship triangles between the characters. They seemed realistic. Number five, the relationship between Ayato and Haruka was one of uh, his favorite elements of the show because it showed that true love goes beyond time and possibly even an age gap. Twelve years isn't too bad, but it's getting close to an age to a large uh, gap. Um, and number six, the questioning of one's existence. Uh, he liked that 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 added element, especially when Ayato decides that his existence is meant to protect another's existence, Haruka. Uh, and the idea of self-sacrifice for the sake of another was great. Number seven, the final scene of the anime was enough to seal the deal for me. I guess early on that Mishima was somehow a young Haruka. Uh, so Mishima is Reika, yeah? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so this so this is confusing me so much. But, uh, you well, hold on. Let me, let me finish this. I guess, he said, I guess early on that Mishima was somehow a young Haruka. Um, but I have never guessed it was a painting of her before Ayato even knew her and painted just before they met. Uh, and he said, I know this show is compared often with Neon Genesis Evangelion. I feel this show is is a better Neon Genesis Evangelion for the above reasons, including where Shinji was a little bitch. <laughs> Ayato steps up <laughs> in most areas and takes on his struggles as a strong male character. That's the way uh, that Giga up watching... Say what? The way Giga described Razaphon, he said it's Evangelion, but better, and he's not Shinji, all of that. The last thing he had to say was, I will end up watching this again soon just to see anything I missed in the first viewing, but I am surprised I have not watched this sooner. Uh, so that's what that's what Lushansky had to say about it. I'm kind of on his side on that. Uh, one of the first things I heard about Razaphon is Shin, Shin, yeah. Shinji doesn't get in the robot. The main character of this show gets in the robot. He didn't want to at first, but then he accepted it. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. Um, I need to rewatch Evangelion in the future again, uh, because I feel like for a lot of the same reasons that, you know, I've said this numerous times on the channel. I just mech shows are not my thing. Um, but I, I do feel like, if I rewatched Ava, I would enjoy that a lot more. And perhaps if I were to rewatch Razafon, um, I would enjoy it more as well. I really think that it would be beneficial for me to watch it again, but in Japanese uh, the second time around, just because it forces you to really freaking pay attention. Because um, reading the I text just get more crystallizes it. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that there's a lot going on. Something I read somewhere, I don't remember where I read this, but um, there's a scene, actually, I'll start real quick. I, I made a joke about this because, again, like I said, it is very clear to me that when they were writing this story, they were looking into conspiracies and, and picking and choosing what to throw into it. There's a whole thing about the conspiracy of sound, which I I thought for a long time whether or not it would be worth sharing. I don't I don't think it would be. Um, uh, I just I just think I'll lose you guys if I go into that. Just... He froze. Yep. Or am I frozen? Okay. Oh. Let's see. Others. Can you hear me? We can hear you, but you have a bouncy voice. Uh, can you hear me now? We can hear you. 
Okay, I thought this was an interesting nod that the that the creators threw in that uh, Jin Kunugi, he specifically drinks uh, a Rothschild wine. I thought that was an interesting uh, nod in there to uh, to the conspiracies they were they were looking through when they were developing the show that they intentionally threw this in there. Um, and I, I will note also that in this scene, he is meeting his daughter, his wife. Wait, what? And I. I thought that was his ex. And they were talking about... He's beating his daughter. So weird. Maybe I've got um, the thing was that what I had read is that in the anime, it was incorrectly for whatever reason, because there's a novel, right? There's a light novel as well that in the anime, they had made it his daughter, his estranged daughter, but in the, in the original source material, it's actually his ex-wife. Well, I thought it was his ex-wife when I just watched it today. This is, this is so bizarre. Did we watch the same show or not? I don't have any idea. I'm hearing that, that from that mecha guy that uh, Maya was actually his aunt in the show. I don't recall yes. that ever coming yes. up. That is See, so even, bizarre. Even, even Haruka referred to her as auntie several yeah. times. Yeah, she did. Well, maybe maybe auntie to Haruka, but not to um, Ayato. I could have sworn he specifically refers to her as his mother, and then yeah, he, he sees does, her with he blood. Know, and, and, and though she still loves him as, as like her own child, so this is so weird. It's, it's I, natural I for him thought, for thought, her to refer to him as a mother. God, I, I thought I, she I, was his actual mother in the end because it's like, oh yeah, I'm his grandpa after all, or whatever, and that is his daughter. And then she has a sister, which is Quan. So that got me real confused. I was like, so is she actually his mother? She is. What you just he, said, even I, uh, Itsuki uh, mentioned she it. was in the anime, and she was in whatever the other thing was. And again, all, all this is revealed, on, I believe, episode 23, 23 when uh, Haruka... Went through his went through the files and finding out where he originally came from. He was from the better, was it the, the foundation? That's what she referred yeah. to as, who is basically uh, whatever that old guy's name is. I keep forgetting that you guys mentioned, yeah, Bobbin, Bobbin, yeah, yeah. And he even remember. again, he even like he, he didn't necessarily name the character, who he didn't refer to the character until she mentioned it, um, Haruka. So he kind of gave her riddles about it. Explicitly saying that she was the mother. Yes. But I was led to believe she was the mother after they after they explicitly did deny that she was not the mother. You know? Because she said that when he asked, when uh, Ayato asked her about it. So that was probably intentionally trying to throw him off. Hmm. Well, if you are confused, the movie goes I'll say this thing. regarding Quan. Her involvement. Oh no! Her involvement. Oh, no. Yeah, her involvement. Mm. Evolve. Evolve. What was the name of the reporter guy at the beginning? Good question. I grew to like him. Tori guy. Oh, one more time, I see. Tori guy. Yeah. Was I really liked him. No, oh no! I hate him. that guy. I mean, what? Oh, oh, it was Joji Futagami. The guy that was going around interviewing people. 
Yeah, I'm going to show you a picture of them right now. Okay. Just as FDM said, I grew to like the guy as well. He kind of reminds me of a of a Daniel man. That guy. Yeah, yeah. He reminded you of what? Just kind of of uh, Daniel Turpin from Superman. Uh, I don't know. He's I a reporter. He's a reporter who. Oh, so Brad, what were you saying? No, I was just asking if that was the guy. Oh, you talking? Oh, um, I don't remember. I thought that was garbage. The way she was involved, she just said riddles oh, and crap, and then just Quan, all the sudden was Ava. I was saying Quan in the manga is it's bizarre how like she doesn't even seem like she needs to be there. Like she was she was only in there because she was in the show. Like it, it's the involvement was very bizarre in the manga. I felt like she was only in the show because she was in the show. I I, I, I feel like there was they they at least connected more reasons for her existence in the show. But she you're did. Right, I mean they did, but like she was just uh pushed off to the side after a certain point and it was like, Oh yeah, she exists. Forgot. You know the train's been good tonight. That's uh, it's only arrived one time. The train <laughs> was was there something past that uh, that mecha guy that you were going to address as well? No, I was going to say I, as far as Quan uh, not being as involved in the story, it, it, she served her ultimate purpose, kind of like how Rei Ayanami served her ultimate purpose in the Aiden of Ava. Because she intentionally let Ayato uh, defeat her during the fight when they're trying to retune the world. And that's because of her love for her son. And she wanted to see him happy in a world that he had envisioned. Whose son? Quan's son? Whose son is Quan's son? Ayato. <laughs> Just say Ayato. But you Ayata. said that or whoever was actually his mom. I'm confused again. <laughs> You're Canadian. It's okay. Yeah, that's inherently why. Oh, yeah, wait, you say you didn't even see the film, right? FDM? <laughs> no, not the film. I've only oh, seen okay, the TV. Yeah. See, that's I'm probably why you're throwing off. But yeah, in the film, she's actually, uh, Maya is the biological mother. But that's what I'm saying. I thought that in the TV show, she was the biological mother because they mentioned no. that, oh, no, I'm, her grandpa, I'm the grandpa of that kid, and Maya is Were they her, just lying? his daughter. No. Yes, dot daughter and um i is the father and then juan is the sister of maya yeah so i'm led to believe maya is the biological mother okay FDD, Which, do, you, yeah. do you have this set i do this, this no. set i wish yeah, i had that you set. have you have my oh, set. I, I, I'm, I'm starting to suspect i'm starting to suspect that there's a different dub on the one fdd and i watched <laughs> No, no, they didn't explicitly say she was the mom or anything. I'm just saying. Oh, wait, did we ever clear up that thing that you said the daughter thing or the ex-wife? Did you? Augie and that mecha guy. Was it ex-wife or daughter? I didn't mention that. Jin Kanugi. I know, never said what, it ex-wife. We're trying to get a... We're trying to get a consensus on what because it confused me that I was making a point and then was saying it was the exact opposite thing that I was saying. So in this in the anime, was he meeting his estranged daughter or, or his ex-wife? Wait, wait, wait. Who? The Kanugi. commander guy. 
this guy right here. In this scene. Oh, that's his ex-wife. Yes. Yeah. That's his ex-wife. I'm sorry. It was it was their, I, I believe that was their last meeting before he took, you know, he decided to sacrifice himself. I'm so freaking confused. I'm gonna look this up real quick. Nice okay, what were we saying uh, for that set thing? Yeah, which one do you oh, have? I this was... is the one I have. I have the one that Brad has, except mine okay. doesn't have okay. a booklet, yeah. so I'm sad. <laughs> and you said you had the Blu-ray? No, I said I would like to get a copy of the Blu-ray of that. I, I would too. Unfortunately, it, it only has 2.0, but I mean... I'm wondering what well, who's currently who currently has the license for that show. I think we I mentioned this like on one of the streams that uh, Sentai, or not necessarily Sentai, but High Dive is streaming Razazon. However, there's no physical release that's like it's probably, recent. It's probably Aries holding Acer holdings holding. that they've yeah Acer holdings that they haven't announced. I don't know how Acer holdings exists. All right, here, here, here. Hold up. This, this is the thing. This is the thing I saw. Okay. <clears throat> His daughter Michiru was in the city and subsequently killed in the strike. And Kunugi became yeah, a so he met with a corpse. It is falsely stated in the anime that his wife is his daughter. But what? Maybe in the sub. So that, but... that is what I'm suggesting. That I was under the impression it was his daughter. I specifically remember him saying he had a date with his daughter. And then it goes to the scene with him drinking the wine. And she says, you don't change a red Rothschild. You know? and, and it was just like, I, I just distinctly remember that scene. And I remember him specifically going and talking about having a date with his daughter. And then I remember reading about this and thinking, oh, that's interesting. Well... And now you guys are saying ex-wife. And I'm just so freaking confused. Well, the thing is, he never said where he was going. It was the side characters who were saying, oh, what's he doing? And snooping around, they figured well, out he had a okay. daughter. And then they said, oh, he must be meeting up with his daughter. And then it's like the sure. depressing reality of, oh, that's actually his ex-wife because his daughter's dead. And the thing is, in the show, he mentions, he goes to her grave, his dead daughter's grave. I don't know how that could get mixed up. <laughs> you know, again, I'll just have to rewatch. It's, it's either, Okay, so... <laughs> Do you guys watch Game of Thrones? Nope. No. For the love of God. Nobody here so watches it's Game of Thrones. animated. Come on. <laughs> okay. In in the book series, A Song of Ice and Fire um, by George R. R. Martin, he writes a lot of really, like, there are, they lie to you about certain aspects of things intentionally. Certain characters lie about stuff that's going on, and you have to really be paying no, attention as you're reading. She's not the mother. When she is okay, well, I'm, I'm just saying that in this book series, you have to really be paying attention because there's a lot of stuff that is intentionally written where there are clues uh, strewn about where if you're if you're really paying attention to what's going on, you can actually have a, a very deep understanding of what's actually happening in the story versus what characters are saying is happening. And that I'm just is, saying yeah. that it seems to me that Razafon may actually be presenting a similar narrative there where it's unusual for a show to actually do this to provide incorrect information that is only meant to be 
perceived correctly if you're if you're very zoned in and paying attention, which obviously I wasn't because I was <laughs> doing other things and and having it for going on in the background. And it's one of those things where, like for instance, uh, when you've eaten and your stomach is full and your brain is like active, you can pay attention. And then throughout the hours of marathoning the show, you re start realizing you didn't you didn't watch that entire disc that it's already back on the menu. It's like oh, how long has that been looping? You know what I mean? So. I don't know. It just sounds to me like it's worth a rewatch. I'll just leave it at that. So are we at final thoughts? Uh, hey, well, we I didn't even get my initial thoughts. Yeah, we haven't even gotten into the manga yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna run to the bathroom real quick. I, I can still hear you guys. I'm gonna let uh, FDDM do his thing. Okay, so I actually like wrote up the bullet points for my review that I'm hopefully gonna complete. So let's see. This is in no particular order. A lot of stuff happens and it becomes hard to keep track of in general. I got like so lost with all the things that happened. Um, the soundtrack consists of a lot of these unstable like singing oh, things that go in really weird patterns that I don't know don't make sense. I thought that was really good for like setting the atmosphere and stuff and uh, but the thing is like on the the later on, I think it was the last variation of that weird oh, vocal thing that just sounded like garbage. <laughs> and like I said before, they recycled that song that they played in the in the disc menu a lot. Like, it, I feel like the sound was better at the beginning. And then let's see. The next one was the animation was pretty darn good at the time it for the time it was made. It has some peaks. From what I remember, not a whole lot of valleys. And there are a lot of characters, too many to get a hold on, kind of. Some are better than others, but some are also just kind of like one, let's put it that way. Um, so instead of, an, instead of just having one orange, you're just all of a sudden handed a bushel of grapes. Yeah, and you're like, oh, which grape do I want to focus on, you know? But yeah, there's too many grapes. The pacing... Contrary to what you guys are saying about good pacing or Blashansky, I thought the pacing was all over the place because it was like for those chilled, relaxed, laid back, whatever parts, slice of life, it was more slower. But then, like, sometimes it would just be clustered, like event after event after event, all things happening at once. And I was just like, oh, slow down. But, um, like, sometimes it's better than others, but, uh, where is it? There's many occasions where, like, uh, when the Razaphon battles or whatever, it just cuts right into the middle of Ayato getting screwed, which I thought was pretty, like, what, what, how did we get here? What's going on? I found that a bit annoying, but, um, I don't know. It must be because they are aware that it's not so much about the battle itself, it's more about his mental struggle and all that stuff. But I found the formula of, oh, he's powerless until he just gets this little spark of the girl in the painting. And then it's like, oh, I have the power to do this. I found that just like, I don't know, the formula stuck out quite a bit there. And I felt like it wasn't really earned because it, it's just like she appears and it's like, oh, now I have the, the will to go on. Or so instead of being instead of the situation being brute force fighting, it's they're attacking, but with whimsical art. 
Now, when it comes to action, I prefer like a, a strategic, you know, thoughtful thing. Right. I, I'm not the type of person that thinks, yeah, they should be bashing guys' heads in. Like, they should try and deduct a weakness and then exploit it or something like that instead of just pound, pound, pound. Ooh, I pounded harder and I won or something. Uh, let's see. It's just so jarring and confusing. You're, you're, basically, you're basically saying like, uh, in Star Wars A New Hope when they have the weakness of the Death Star and they attack that point versus just, just keep hitting it and eventually it'll blow up <laughs> that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, action is not... Yeah, I already said that. The character's screen, screen time, I found, was divided up really inconsistently because you'll see a lot of one character and then they'll be completely out of the picture, like I said with Quan. She just disappears like this and and uh, then all of a sudden they appear again. And you're like, oh, yeah, I remember they existed now. Uh, crap. What were they up to again? Um, let's see. I like how at the beginning there were certain sets of characters. Oh, wait. I liked how. In oh, yeah. There were characters in the beginning that I thought I was like, oh, these guys are the antagonists. I hate them. But then they turned into like the good guys. They're the corporation or whatever that Ayato begins to work for. And then there's a new set of people that you're like, oh, I hate these guys. They're a-holes. And then there's a new set of people. <laughs> I just liked how it kind of evolved. That and You should read the manga. Um, because it does something, a lot. Well, something, something that I found interesting, again, it's like I, you could say that, that I was able to focus in on about 60% of the show, but not sequentially. So I might have gotten through the beginning part of the show and really been paying attention um, a chunk of the middle and then the end, let's say. And, but there's parts in the middle where it's fuzzy. Like, for instance, um, I felt like I looked up and saw Rosafon, looked back, got some stuff packed up into the boxes, looked up again, and I saw a, like a naked male robot and a naked female robot fighting, and I had no idea how that happened, you know? But um, regarding... The thing is, yeah. Yeah, regarding the, uh, um, the stuff, regarding him, you saying that he was sort of switching sides or whatever, like people you thought were the antagonist or not. I was convinced at the beginning, and I actually realized when I, now that you intentionally enough to get this question answered, but I was convinced uh, that, the, that he was going to switch sides. And interestingly enough, that doesn't exactly happen, but it kind of happens in the manga version where he actually leaves back to Tokyo Jupiter uh, and is presented with that side of the conflict's method for doing things. And it's almost like they're trying to bring him into their fight to so that he'll fight on their side. Because they for whatever reason they both need Ayato to he They need Ayato to research more on the Rathophon. So let me address this. Ayato's name is Kamina. The symbols used for it are God and name. So it is as if this the story is saying in the name of God. I suspect, I'm going out on a limb here, that Ayato is meant to represent the Antichrist. And that, nope. yeah, that the, again, this goes into the whole conspiracies at the time. And obviously these still exist, but it's just like there's what was popular at the time and the beliefs at the time and, and sort of the whole world um, 
understanding of things and, and 9-11 and all, all the stuff that happened around this time and the, and the formulation of theories. There's, when it comes to conspiracies, uh, I mean, obviously conspiracies exist. We wouldn't have a term for it if it wasn't a real thing. Right, but the term conspiracy theory, which was actually coined by the uh, by the FBI um, back when JFK was assassinated, as a way to um, discredit dissenting opinions on the official magic bullet theory uh, that they presented. But when it comes to conspiracies, there's there's you could say that there's ones that are eighty percent based in provable evidence and 20% theory based on piecing together this provable evidence into like, what could this mean or why is this happening or what is the end goal? And then there's the tin, what you might call the tinfoil hat ones that are, let's say 60 to 80% theory and only 20 to 40% based in fact. Right. Yeah. Um, and, right. and the whole thing about this, this antichrist thing, I just bomb. I just dropped on you guys is that the purpose of Razafon was to recreate the world. And they needed Ayato to do that. They needed him in this Mecca God to recreate the world. There's this thing called the Aeon or the Eon of Horus that was meant to be brought out by a guy named Aleister Crowley, um, who, was, who literally called himself the Beast 666, the most evil man on the planet. Uh, he created this... Um, religion called Thelema. Um, he's the one who said, do what thou wilt. It's all this stuff in modern hip hop uh, stuff that really focuses on that. And there's a theory out there that people are creating the, uh, you don't have to believe in the biblical teachings or revelation and whatnot. But the thing is that the, the group of this conspiracy theory do. And they, they are on the opposite side where their belief is that uh, that Lucifer, these are Luciferians who believe that Lucifer is the hero of the Bible because he brought knowledge down to man. That's why Lucifer in Greek mythology is Hermes. He's the one who brought fire, Promethean fire down to earth and gave mankind uh, the knowledge of the gods and the, the power to, to harness fire and knowledge right so okay ac hold on for a second you are spiraling I, well continue. i'm not because hermes has wings on his head and so does rosafon this ties in i'm not i'm not yeah, I'm, i understand i understand i'm just saying that i i think that the that the theory that i'm presenting here is the idea what they were portraying is that they needed uh this person ayato who they were creating in the manga, especially in order to fulfill what they had wanted to uh, using the um, using this god robot, which was Razafon, capable of recreating the earth, right? Recreating reality. And the point of the theory is that there. Um, there is a, a conspiracy theory that there are a group of individuals who are Luciferians who are actively pushing to fulfill prophecy. They, there are, there's like a checklist of things that they are actively pursuing to, to, um, to actually fulfill prophecies put forth in biblical teachings in order to get something that they want uh, and 
some theorize that it is in order to actually create the events necessary to bring about the Antichrist for their belief of how things will transpire beyond that point. And I'm just saying that having having a bizarrely uh, vast knowledge of all of these things, just because I, I like to know why people believe what they believe. Like, I like to know why on earth do people think the earth is flat? I don't think the earth is flat, but I like to be able to, to understand the rationale right. that people have behind why they think it's flat, you know? So, um, so I just happen to have a bizarre, a bizarrely complex knowledge of, of the stuff that I felt like Razafon was actually pulling from when they were making the show. And I, it, what sprang out to me was this idea that, that the reason they needed Ayato is because they were creating, um, uh, because Bobbin, going back to the originator of the conspiracy, which goes back hundreds of years in Razafon, uh, was creating this for the the purpose of seeing this through to the future. And there's just there's so much stuff like I, I mentioned on Twitter. I you cannot unpack all of it, um, and I don't even want to because I think that it it's like It'll you get to the point where you don't. More more well, it, it's just that you you don't see the, the the forest through the trees or however that saying goes. Um, but I, I'm just going to throw that out there that I, I think that it's possible that um, that they were pulling from that Antichrist theory with Ayato. And that I, I I have more to say about it that I'll go over with the manga on the naming conventions of um, why they called it Razafon and all that stuff. But we'll get into that once you guys are ready to go into the manga territory. All right. Okay, FD, Does you anybody have anything to say uh, about that? <laughs> no. no. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> Okay, um, FDM, where you finish with your points. All right. I had like four more. So I hated some characters. Like, there were some that provoked quite the hate for me. I don't know if that's just because they were really well written as antagonists or because they were Mishima. But Mishima, or Reika, I think is the way Brad knows her. Um, well, Reika Mishima is her name. Yeah. I know, but I refer to it as Mishima because I think that's what Ayato used in the freaking anime. Let's see. I got so goddamn annoyed by how she just popped in and out of the show. I was like, right. okay, but but she's dead. So, okay, she, she might not be dead. And then it's like she had so many opportunities to get clarified earlier on, but mm. she didn't. So it's just like they're teasing us constantly with this. And I was just so annoyed at that. And when one, we one learned might say that it almost seemed like she was being projected in order to lead Ayato to the direction they wanted him to go to. I, I mean, I guess so in a way, which is also kind of what her purpose was partially. But uh, when we learned why she a looks like that and B, like the purpose of her all doing all that stuff. It's like, okay, great. Would have been nice if we learned that earlier, you know? Well, here, here's here's something that's kind of interesting, coincidental timing. The podcast uh, started, it's now the 20th for me, but it started on April 19th. And wouldn't you know it, today something uh, got released from the government. Somebody did a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request to the U.S. government looking to get information uh, that the government had on Antifa. And the government accidentally sent back uh, information on Antifa and an entire document disclosing mind control. 
that included uh, that. In, yeah. That included skull um, talk to skull technology, which has been around uh, successfully in this document. It, it claimed that it had been su successfully performed in 1974. Uh, this is very well known in the conspiracy community uh, that there is a way to project sound into a person's skull. And it is believed that people use this to, um, you know, when you, when people go on trial and they claim the devil made me do it, you hear voices and stuff that this is, potentially a, a aspect of what has been used and, and, and put into uh, effect. And in this document, they also uh, claimed that they have the tech, a technology that allows them to project dreams into people's minds while they sleep. And uh, this goes back to uh, what I was saying, um, which again, I'm, I'm granted, I'm reading into this from the perspective of way into the future where, where these things have been declassified or whistleblown or whatever um, to this level. But the idea that, um, that Reka seemed to me to be, cause she was, she wasn't really there. She's like a figment almost of Ayato's imagination that keeps showing up and disappearing conveniently that brings him down a path uh, to where they wanted him to be. Um, and I'm not saying necessarily that, that that's what it was happening, but I just think it's a very interesting way that the show progressed, that they almost used her as this tutorial video game level, you know, where you follow the, the, the highlighted path, you know, or whatever. It just, it was very strange how they used it. And when it, the show finally ends and it's like, why the heck are you still painting her? <laughs> you know, it just, that it's too. so bizarre oh my god i i think i remembered something else about it um Aureka, whatever oh i forget now excellent work so is that um, all all of your points fddnm no that was all brad's points <laughs> um sure taking a long time the promotional art Oh yeah, she's on the promotional art and like the box of the freaking thing holding Ayato's hand. So I thought she had way yeah. more prominence in the show. So that's why the whole time I was like, I'm like, when's she gonna come in? Is yeah. she gonna be the waifu? Uh, you know that type of thing. But nope. Okay, so yeah. the next thing, and once we finally get the significance of her looking that way, it's a little too late. It once again would have been nice if we knew that earlier. I mean, to be fair, that could interfere with the flow of the relationship uh, freaking Ayato had with uh, Haruka. But they could have just represented it in a way that, you know, Ayato didn't know about it. Because if she knew, if he knew that Haruka, the way she looked or whatever before, then it would have spoiled the relationship and they would have gotten together a lot earlier on. But to keep that tension, they could have just, you know, did it the way that they exposed uh, how Haruka was like, oh, I'm keeping a secret from him and stuff. You weren't like this before, implying that she this, met him. Yeah. This actually reminds me of one of the scenes I did remember looking at where they, they were some very interesting imagery with Haruka and um, Ayato, where Ayato, there's a shot where Ayato is in a room with the sliding uh, wooden door or whatever, the, the shoji screens, um, and the door's open, and it's dark in the room Ayato's in, and Haruka is on the other side of the screen. That was her sister, wasn't it? Well, whoever it was, but she's talking to him, and there's a, there's a water bottle 
there's a water bottle in the light side where the where the girl is and the caustics which are the um the light passing through the water and casting those sort of light rays onto the shadow that it casts um were entering into the room that Ayato was in and i i feel like there's a lot to the show that you could spend an awful lot of time dissecting things that weren't actually intentional, which obviously I've already done a whole lot of, but I'm just saying like, I, I, I do recall actually some of those scenes and I thought it was Haruka, but maybe you're right. Maybe it was, um, what's Haruka's sister's name? Cause she's, she goes under the name Haruka Sto, but the other girl, that was the name that she changed. That was she it, changed? was it Asahina? I just know it's just so this thing yeah. I'm showing you right here is similar to what you were talking about. This is uh you know that girl uh yeah. from the beginning, whatever, when she came back out of the real world or whatever. So this is the scene where there she's about to confess that she's a blue blood or whatever. Right, and right. he's on the blue panel, he's on the red panel. Yeah. Or whatever it is. I just thought yeah. ooh. Fancy directing. Um, speaking of harm, um, I actually shared. I actually shared a um, a link with Augie relating to they. They had the whole um, city in the sky show up. Oh, Laputa. Yeah. So. Which was from Gulliver's Travels. Is there any? I'm gonna pull up a. I'm gonna pull up a um, an article if I can find. If I can find it. Huh. Oh, that Mecca guy. Have, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say basically what I was gonna say is it was a needless harm. You know, it's got the consequences of a normal harm involved, but like. She was obviously going to be Haruka from the get-go, so it was kind of needless. Like Mayo Chicky, unfortunately. However, still enjoyable. Um, Rasafon is a harem, just like how Dallas is a, is about stocks and trade. Well, I got literally two points. But there were harem, which is what I said about basically... It, Man, he's talking really slow. I guess 420 really got to him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's fading out, man. Maybe that's what he was doing in California. Ooh. There we go. <laughs> now I can hear. Hey, does say anything i'm right here what, what's going on oh okay. we were waiting for you yeah you I just sparked out on us for, i was waiting for that mecca guy oh Did we you asking me what say? um well i mean i i guess i'm very biased like i i, I love mecca in general and uh -huh. this one specifically is just uh it's own unique show that i adore like yeah door not because again of the art style and the theme, but also it's just thought provoking. And that makes me think a 
you know, it's always you always find something new every at every view you yeah. make, you give it to. Yeah, and that mecha guy, would you, would you like to talk about the movie between me and you? Yeah, After sure. I my last two yeah. points. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to mute myself for your guys' sake. Go ahead. Okay. okay. I remember there was a few situations that weren't really clearly addressed or addressed at all because I remember that one time that, like, whatever, Haruka was desperately trying to find... Uh, Ayato when he went back into Neo Tokyo or whatever <laughs> and then uh, once they got out she didn't like go crawling back to him being like Ayato I miss you I don't know something small like that I just found it annoying that they just kind of brushed things off kind of like that um, and then the final point near the end things start to kind of fall apart like literally in the same way that Evangelion everything was like oh end of the world and stuff I think itself is at least positive, so I'm I'm fine with that. I it could be a lot worse. I'm glad that it has. It's just that it doesn't have closure on literally everything else. It just time skips and it's like, oh yay, we're family. That's it, and then it cuts off. Like, uh, yeah, it was fine. It was a good ending, uh, but unlike Latronsky, I don't think it really made me feel. Like I was, I got closure as I said, and I think that's basically it because it's like, yeah, the social structure of the world after that point. What happened? How is he even living right now? What what apartment is he living in? How to get that? You know? And the post. You're thinking about bills in your fantasy show. You're obviously not getting into your fantasy show. (laughs) (laughs) I mean that specific. The post credits was like. I thought that was really nice what they did there. It it was so nice, good that moment because it answered three or four questions all at once, and I was just like, "There you go." And that sounds like that's what Lee Shonsky was saying. Uh, I don't know. I think he meant the actual conclusive ending. That was just a flashback, more or less. But I think he mentioned that separately. But uh, and the last thing I have to say is the bump. Bones, I, they have what I call a Bones ending. Original Full Metal Alchemist, Zammed, Eureka 7, my brother said. Like, I don't know. They, It's like a Gynax ending. Anyway, so I'm done. That, that's all good. Can, can you break down what, what you mean by that? By a Bones ending? Um, like, remember how, what was that? Gun, what is that? Gunbuster? Yes, Gunbuster. How I said, oh, they pulled a Gynax ending. You know, so it's, so a Gynax ending, a Gynax, yeah, ben, yeah, bittersweet. Where they, where bittersweet, they sweet, or it's just like makes me feel bad in general. <laughs> but Razafon didn't do a Bones ending, despite being Bones. So I give them props for that. It was just inconclusive, or okay. unwrapped up. Okay, now you can do the movie. Okay, and actually, that... I should probably dip now because I got ten minutes before I'm almost past my bedtime. All right, dude. Yeah, it was nice to um, chat with you, that mecha guy. Oh, same, same to you. Yeah. Um, you guys really have glad I had the honor to join you guys and have a little discussion on this uh, controversial show that a lot of people <laughs> Yeah, your, your points, it's totally okay that you love the show and all. I'm just being a bit more critical. That's it. You know? No, that's fine. That's fine. You know, everybody has different opinions and, you know, 
I like to hear each of your individual thoughts and yeah, and you kind of opened my eyes to a couple little things that I didn't really think about before as well. But yeah, I agree that go, watching the show more, you'd probably see more. You know. Yeah, I'll just right. say you've already you've already convinced me that it's definitely necessary. I sit down and watch it again. <laughs> probably, it definitely is. Again, like I said, I hadn't figured this out, so I took it upon myself to watch it again. And mm-hmm. what do you know? It worked. All right. I'll see you guys later. All right. See you later. Okay, a detail that he doesn't know about is I'm one of those that can sit down and watch a heavily detailed show and grab most of the clues as to what's going on. Mm. But anyway, the uh, that mecha guy about the movie. Tell me your thoughts on how... Let me know your thoughts, but tell me how... what you think of how I thought of it. Well, To me... When, when I first watched it, I figured it was going to be your typical compilation film, you know, everything condensed in one. But I did appreciate some of the small details they added, such as um, Ashina having feelings for Ayato before we ever ever figured out that she had feelings for him later in the show. Mm -hmm. I feel that that's a little interesting added uh, detail. And, And again, while I kind of appreciate that they show the um, earlier years with Aito and Haruka when they were young and a couple. I feel that uh, it wasn't really necessary. Right. Um, and then you have that uh, um, that hot scene um, that I don't know if you want to discuss it or if I should t- discuss it. Up to you. It's your opinion. <laughs> uh, you, you know what? You go ahead because you might give a better. Uh, Points than I, I will. Now, which hot scene are you talking about? Oh, when uh, Haruka and uh, Ayato sleep. Oh, uh, yeah. In, okay, so in the TV series, they come in, those two come into a situation where he can take advantage of her and he just stops and gets out of the room. Room calls. I believe that was also a dream sequence. In I remember movie, that scene from the end of Evangelion. In the movie. <laughs> What happens is the two remember remember that they were in love, and they go at it. Granted, with bed sheets on it, but they go at it. And then they, what to me was kind of funny is they they both enter a bathroom scene. It was like sex guilt the next day during that whole conversation. I, I vaguely remember there being a couple almost rape scenes in the show. But I don't remember at all what you guys are talking about. <laughs> We're trying to get people to watch the show, AC. <laughs> um, my thoughts on the movie, though, I'll still stick by this. With the ending of the first of the TV series, to me, I don't like these kind of endings, but you get start to finish, but you end back up to where you were again. I think the movie, how this continues, you have the TV series, it does that. And the movie continues from the TV series in another direction to fully conclude it. Granted, yes, it's a recompilation. Chew. If you like chewing your first piece of gum and you want the same flavor, add another piece. But what's your thoughts on that? Because that's what I got from the whole time distortion. Oh, how they, uh, I told mentions that he was an observer of time. 
I kind of, I, I don't know. I, I had this theory that maybe this was another universe happening at the same time as the show. But the time thing was very bizarre considering how close Narai Kanai and, uh, or Terra or whatever they called it in the show and um, Tokyo Jupiter were to each other. Because it made. I respect the, how they did. <laughs> I respect their. I respect how this show manipulates time as a story element instead of it being, oh, Mari, we need to go back to the future to save the past and people will disappear. In this case, it can be like a whole, whole pyramid of. I hate using this term, but butterfly effects. Okay. And we're kind of seeing like different routes that they're taking, but I still think it's kind of like a you're going a full circle, but it's stretched out. I really get to watch again. I don't. I, you guys are bringing up stuff that I just I don't remember actually being a thing. Well, uh, looking at that mecha guy, I think I confused him. <laughs> I don't remember what there were time travel. I remember there being two different time. There, time there was the Tokyo time and Terra time or whatever. And I remember there I remember there being like this weird I think the whole world recreation is a time travel really but but the, the weird thing about it is that so much of the stuff was just unnecessary to the story. The time difference just, on Terra it it was like okay that's an interesting thing but it's like if you're not going to do something with it like for instance in Gunbuster that was an aspect of the story. It's like, okay, I'm in outer space. You're aging on Earth. And you're having kids that are now older than me. And I'm, you know, mm. like that was, that played into the story, right? AC, Here, you're not going to like this, but to me, that adds more to the drama. Okay, but I'm just saying that, that it just felt like, it felt like a lot of stuff was thrown in there as, wouldn't this be a, an interesting concept? And it's like, yeah, it's an interesting concept, but if you're not going to do anything, you putting it in there, you know? Yeah. Then again, I also point this is a 2001 show. That's pretty common for the time as well. Fair point. <laughs> hmm. Well, I don't know. I thought the whole time differences made it much more convenient for the story that Ayato was struggling with. Uh, you know, he didn't recognize who Haruka was. Because of that result. That's just me, though. Yeah. Um, well, I don't think we're at final thoughts because AC well, needs to talk me, about manga. No, I, I'm, just, I'm just wrapping my head around it because, like I said, I just I feel like I, I got about 60% of it when I was watching it. And I'm, I'm really frustrated at this because I wanted to, I wanted to revisit it after... The initial thing there was see the what what caused this truncated viewing schedule was that my mother-in-law got sick and she couldn't help my wife with our newborn baby who's like six months old right now uh because she was sick so it became so much extra stuff being laid on my wife every day that it became i need you to come down here and help me right so i'm thinking okay i'm gonna power through this show um, so that I've at least seen it, and then I'm going to come down and help you. But then 
mother-in-law got better. And then it was like, okay, maybe I don't have to come down. So I'm going to plan to sit down and watch this again. And then it just, it, it all turned into, no, I definitely have to go down. I spent about a week down there. Um, a little under a week. So it's like, rather than having the full two weeks, I wanted to have to watch, digest, and get through this show alone in Arizona without any other family members being able to just really focus on it. It became watch it in like three days. You know, that's basically how it, how it ended up uh, uh, coming down to. Um, and then I ended up reading the manga as well, which didn't help at all. Cause none of the stuff is in the manga. It's a very different story. Um, if you want to talk about watching i just i'm I'm so confused if you want to talk about watching right uh well i thought this i thought this show was going to be a real struggle for me to get through but actually no i was able to get through like over half of it and during week one i was kind of hooked into what was going on because of all the all the chain of chain of events and character development going on in this world mm-hmm. for me um you had sort of <laughs> you had sort of said like hey at least i can i can watch it and pick up the clues um regarding <laughs> after fdm left for me it's like that's easy to do on a show that really grabs your interest right off the bat you know but for me this show didn't do that um, because as I said, a lot of the stuff that they were hinting at and showing like the two times time rates and stuff, again, it just felt like, okay, here's a concept that's interesting for about five minutes and then you don't do anything with it and I'm bored. You know what I mean? And then there was the added, there's the added aspect of me having to divide my attention, which is very unfortunate because I, I, I picked this show for this watch club because I wanted to be able to do it during a time when I could devote full attention to it. Cause I had the house to myself, but it just didn't, it didn't work out the way I'd, I'd wanted it to. Um, so do you guys have anything else you want to say about the movie? I didn't realize anything was really different about the movie other than a couple scenes. I remembered from the beginning of the show being slightly different just so that they could string them together more efficiently than to have the, you know, like Ayato getting away from, uh, Haruka, um, and getting onto like the subway and stuff. I remember that being um, animated. There was like a scene animated in there so that he just goes with Haruka and it cuts out the whole, you know, detour. Yeah. Like, so there was stuff like that. That's all I remember being different. And then when I got to the end, I was just as confused with the, uh, with the singing robots and stuff. Um, I like the, in the movie in order to kind of, well, really cheat, but in order to have this character still work, instead of her in the show being this artistic girl that talks in not riddles, but not in not really riddles, but to me, incomplete thoughts. It could be riddles. They do a Sleeping Beauty element with it which I kind of liked because it worked really well. However, there's one spot towards the end that it's actually kind of funny to me. It's like out of nowhere, this person stand, this female stands up and she's trying to summon, summon her mech. And within context of the movie, you don't really know what she's doing. So out of nowhere, she's just drowning herself in order to, get this thing to to be summoned 
So if you didn't get the get what was going on in the TV series, seeing this, you think it's just some evil that's trying to reawake and do something, because you're probably guessing. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? No, Quan. I'm looking. I'm oh, looking that's at the I'm looking at the Rosafon wiki, uh, and I'm seeing. Okay, so here's the characters. I auto comment. Uh, characters: Tokyo Jupiter. Oh, okay. So it's they, they have this thing. It's listed as characters: Tokyo Jupiter, and then they have like a, a column of characters. Then they have Terra and Terra Two. Was Terra Two a thing, or is that just part two mm. of Terra in this list here? I'm wondering. I think Terra 2 was part of the movie. I'm so freaking confused. Or that would be the after effect when the Rise of Fawn sung the world a new song. Seriously, I, I'm just... It's so out there and weird. Uh, it feels like you're not... It feels like it's not really weird, but you're not accepting of what you've just watched. No, uh, like there's a, there's a big chunk towards after the middle towards the end that I, I have like zero memory of and really need to rewatch because it feels like a lot of stuff happened during a time when I was really focusing on getting all the stuff out of the extras boxes that you guys wanted to buy that just totally right. took my attention away from it. Uh, that mecha guy, your, your thoughts. Well, like I said, uh, the film, just like any typical compilation movie, it's, you know, it is what it is. I think it's just more of a compliment to the series, if anything. So we ready to listen to Papa AC and his manga story time. Oh yeah, you guys are gonna love you're gonna you're gonna love everything that happens in the manga. Really bizarre shit happens in the manga. But it's only three volumes. Yes. Yeah, I'm surprised by that. I thought there would be more. It was more than that. Yeah, I thought that would be at least a 12-er. Yeah, I was surprised by it too. Although I gotta say, reading them, they went. It felt like I was. It felt like I was reading forever. It just felt like the pages just kept coming. I was. I was shocked at how it was not a quick read. (laughs) So uh, yeah, the themes of this comic are family and happiness. It's and as FDDM said. Well, actually, it looks like I didn't. I don't have it in the right order. But he said, like, did we watch the same show? You know, like it's just such a bizarre thing. And and this is in like the very couple first couple pages. You got this guy, and it's just like it's just such a such a different theme to how the anime played out. You know, I I felt like I was watching. Well, you haven't seen it, but I felt like I was watching Clanad with uh, Tomoya and and the girl who throws the books. Uh, or Tomoyo and the girl who throws the books at uh, at everybody. It's just this bizarre, ultra violent like stuff going on. And then I got to this guy, and this anatomy bothered me so much because it looks like a little kid is holding a phone up to this guy. Like it just doesn't match. There's there's no way in hell that this is pr- appropriately his arm. Hey, you'd be uh, also, surprised with how many people have chicken legs. Also, uh, well, it's the shoulder is not in the right position for this to be a thing. Um, all the characters have two names. <laughs> so Olin is Otto, right? They're, like, just so freaking confusing. And then... <laughs> let me... Hold on. Let me, let me grab the first Why don't she butt slam? Is that a couch arm? <laughs> I'm telling you, it was bizarre. 
the one of the first things that happens, li like literally, I'm just going to destroy your your perception of the show. With how oh no, I've read there. shortcuts. So, literally, this is how this is how you're introduced to these characters. Ayato sleeping. Reika shows up. I can see your panties. <laughs> you know, and then and then it gets to this point. Oh, you guys couldn't see any of that. I didn't turn up no. the quality. <laughs> no. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, you want to show? And it gets to this point, and I, I, I said, yeah, the old plant a bomb outside so you can cop a feel of his dick trick. It's a bold strategy. We'll see if it if it pays off. Because she comes out of like this. This character, by the way, is not even his girlfriend, but she's like she's like a childhood friend. She's in love with the guy, uh, and she's she's doing the old like, hey, look, I I can be you know half naked around you and stuff and then there's like an earthquake or a bomb or whatever happens outside and she falls and i'm, I'm not even kidding i, I should have used the uh, a different picture I, I didn't realize when i posted it that it got cut off her hand is like right on his crotch right and then uh let's see uh, i i had mentioned here that when i had when i had finally seen it written i was starting to wonder if razafon's name is a reference to the egyptian god ra Right. And then I, I had gone through sort of a, I was thinking out loud here about Ayato's family name is written as Kamina, written with the kanji here, which are the symbols for God and name respectively, as if to say in the name of God, um, which I, I suspect is a, a big portion of in the anime as well, that they speak things into being as if to say right. the voice of God you know, in the beginning, you know, God created the heavens and the earth through speech. Let there be light, right? Um, oh yeah, uh, we forgot. You forgot to mention this. The blue-blooded people are called the Mu. Yes, I'm, I'm going to get into that. So, uh, so I also said, but the wings on the head would suggest influence from Greek, the Greek god Hermes, who is Lucifer in biblical mythology, or perhaps simply the Seraphim. And then I went on to say, but because of the Rosafon. Van Winkle joke in the show, I have to wonder if the wings on the head are a reference to the lesser known Greek god Hypnos, which this is a um, a statue of, who was the personification of sleep. He also lived in a cave where no light or sound could enter. And I was I was drawing parallels to like the egg that, that he hatches out of and, and the idea that for whatever reason, there's something about sound that Rosafon is very um, specifically, you know, related around. And then I went here to, to mention that I'm also quite curious about the Moo, and I was surprised to learn that it was written as Moo. This is the, the katakana for Moo, uh, this, you know, the, the syllable Moo, uh, which is just straight up katakana. Instead of using this kanji, which is the one I was expecting them to use, which is the symbol for nothingness, or this one, which is the symbol for war, right? So that, that intrigued me. I was actually very shocked by that. Um, and as I said here, there's a lot to unpack. The series is pulling from so many places that it's hard to tell what they're actually trying to say. And you have to wonder if the references are not even meant to mean anything. And they are just using various unrelated things for inspiration. This is driving back to the uh, to the different Greek gods and whatnot and all, all the stuff that they were just pulling from. And then, of course, again, we've got we've got the uh, they can't keep their hands off of Iato. It's again, it's like what on the earth? Yeah, here's where he said it. I watched a completely different show than that. It would seem. Um, then, God, it just gets so freaking bizarre. His girlfriend shows up again in volume two, and 
there's literally like they make plans for a date and then all of a sudden, nope, she's evil. <laughs> and they're shooting missiles at her and it's like the Matrix blocking the bullets yeah. and stuff. And then... So you're <laughs> saying there's a lot of shock drop in the manga. It just gets so bizarre and the pacing is so out there. And again, it's like, uh, don't worry, you'll be fine. I'm here. It's like, no, you're not going to be fine. <laughs> you're, I can, I can honestly say that you're not going to be okay. Oh, it's just so bizarre. And then there's a, an empty speech bubble right here in the manga. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Welcome to early translations. And then here are the scenes of the, uh, the, uh, what do you call them? The clones, right? Where he, he notices, oh crap. And it's the scene from Alien Resurrection. And then there's this. <laughs> Horny uh, over a robot. Razafon wearing, I, I, I said it was a bra, but I realized later it's probably a bikini. Because there's actually like a top and bottom to it. Yeah. So they had these like omake theater things at the end of the manga. And that's what this is from. But I'm, I'm just saying, like I'm so confused, you know. <laughs> to which FDDM said the contrast of the last two tweets could not <laughs> be any greater. Uh, and then this, th this I found is interesting. This was from volume three. It says, is, 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 is what is, I need to get that show, but I wish that they would, when I order it, they would actually send it with the correct disc or at least have the disc inside. Oh, uh, Disc we're missing. Yeah, I don't know. One day alone is laugh track. Okay, is there an origin to the name Razafon? Readers ask me that sometimes. There's no real origin, but I tell them it's the sound of an unknown god. Ra represents the sun god. X represents the unknown, and Fawn represents sound. The same as phone. Uh, and he said, well, it's a made-up word after all. It was the final volume of the manga, blah, 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 right? So, anyway, called it regarding Raw. Uh, and then in Volume 3, literally in the first two pages, they misspell this place, Nirai Kanai. Here it's spelt properly. Here they missed the I after Nira, Nirai. Uh, they they misspelled it this way twice in the first two pages um of this uh, volume three. maybe it's an accent <laughs> here's my favorite my favorite i really don't understand why everybody thinks rosafon is an evangelion clone i mean it's not like there's a bandaged girl named ray no <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then uh here's fddnm getting bombed in canada I told them to move. Yep, and here's all your uh, tweets if anybody wants to uh, go through them. Uh, yeah, anyway. Oh, yeah, regarding the egg, I, I was thinking of something much lazier. I thought it was referencing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I thought it, I, that, that came to mind as well. Excellent, excellent. So. Final thoughts? My final thoughts are upon my initial viewing <laughs> <laughs> Once again. How appropriate. 
I was okay. No but comment, really. No happens. comment. It's just perfect. And it stops when he's scratching his ear. Okay. Okay. Yes. I can't hear anything. <laughs> oh. My AirPods aren't reconnecting. Hold on. Oof. There we go. Nope. Damn it. This is really annoying. Hold on. I, I got to get the AirPods to reconnect. I can't hear you guys. There we go. There, now I can hear you. All right. Okay. I, I, final thoughts. It's uh, the show. <laughs> I didn't love the show. No, 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 I'm still here. I'm just, I'm just okay. gathering my thoughts. I didn't, I didn't love the show upon my initial viewing, but I also didn't hate the show. And a lot of shows, I would not even consider giving it a rewatch if it didn't grab me the first time around. Um, but this one, I feel like probably deserves it. And lucky for me, my wife has expressed interest in rewatching it herself. So perhaps sometime in the future, we'll, we'll be able to make some time to, uh, to include this in our, our watch, uh, our, you know, our own personal watch time. Cause I, I would like to, I stuff a little bit more because I just I feel like there's so much of it that I just I didn't it didn't come across at all but again it was I had a very divided attention when I was watching it so those are those are my thoughts what do you guys what are your final for, thoughts Augie? Uh, for me I was expecting something much blander than what I got and I'm glad that's the case or I'm glad that's not the case I rephrase that. I was expecting it to be bland. It was not bland at all. I, if anything, I thought this would be a struggle to watch. It turned out to be the opposite for me. I enjoy the fact that there's so much going on because that has the viewer's attention the whole time. The different characters. What you're relations, saying is it exceeded your expectations. exceeded my expectations. Um, I can understand how this could be a lot of people's favorite show. And I can also see how it could not be some people's favorite show. I was on the edge on this. I wouldn't call this a masterpiece, but this is a this to me. This show is something that I can see a lot of people. I'm raising my desk. Talk about. Going Hulk straw on me. I see. Yeah. <laughs> It was a lot so, heavier than I expected it to be. <laughs> I can see how a lot of Sorry. I can see how a lot of people can talk about this probably hours on end, just like Evangelion. Um, my recommendation: give this a watch. If you enjoyed the TV s series, watch the movie. Uh, if you didn't enjoy the TV series but wanted a better end, watch the movie anyway. Yeah. I would not recommend watching the movie first. Yeah, so I actually suggested that to FDDNM because I saw the movie as just a straight-up recap from what I had seen of the show. It seemed like it was... 
Yeah, it sounds like it's you've convinced me. <laughs> Let me put it that way. You've convinced me that you're right. It's not a good idea to watch the movie first. That the movie is intended to be a uh, it's it's an experience meant to happen at the end. Um, that mecha guy. Um, I guess like I mean I've already put out my thoughts on it. You know, I I love the show. I'm hoping to own the Blu-ray someday. And the reason again I love it is because I love the animation, the art style, the storytelling, the the thought-provoking theme, uh, the I say uh, themes, and also I also like how uh, Ayato is really more of a individual individual thinker. If, if you get what I mean, like I like, I like that yeah. aspect of his character. Because I myself, individual thinker, I don't. I think solely for my my own. How do you say my own needs and desires? Yeah, you come to your own conclusions on things. You don't. You don't follow the. Yeah, no. I, I actually think that that was going back to the whole where they're pulling from the conspiracy thing. I thought that I thought that was an intentional choice that they used to make him question things the way that mm -hmm. he did to be skeptical. Um, yeah, no, I, I get where you're coming from. And that's also the reason why it resonated with me a lot with this show. It's mm. just the self, self, uh, I say self choice. Identity? Okay. Uh, yeah, self identity also. Yeah. No, I, I definitely, I definitely get where you're coming from. When I first came into the show on the in the first couple episodes, like I said, when it knowing that the show held conspiracies in it. I, the first one that becomes apparent is, oh, this, this planet you're on is not Earth. <laughs> you know, it's to Tokyo, Jupiter, America's gone. All these other countries are come. At first when that happened, I wasn't expecting conspiracy. I thought it was like paying homage to Planet of the Apes. But now back to AC when he unfreezes. Well, it'd, be, <laughs> it'd be like, um, in the deal how japan gets isolated it's it's that particular cannot be you, you can't do that like it's you can't you can't keep people from figuring that out this is why i likened it to the flat earth theory it's like it's just it's completely unfeasible to to convince people that that the rest of the earth is still there or that you're even on earth when you're when there's an entire separate planet like just out of orbit ridiculous it, i as you I thought the show was. Hang on. I can hear you. It's funny because the you guys can't hear me, but when I'm talking, it cuts to me. Obviously, Google can hear me. We, won't, we just won't know until the actual um, broadcast version is finally put up on the channel. But um, watching the first disc, I found the show. I I thought it was kind of pretentious, um, and I thought that it was. Uh, I thought that it was trying to be deeper than it was like it was trying to present an idea that was way like falsely like it was trying to steal a a um a reputation i don't i don't think it deserved you know but uh but hearing you guys go into some details that i feel like i, I missed it's like I, I at least feel like i need to go back in and, and re-experience it and and sort of maybe give it that second chance um 
because I, it seems like there is stuff there that maybe would be worth I mean, you guys are, you're using words like masterpiece, even though you're saying you, you won't necessarily call it that. It just, it's not something I would have ever expected anybody to actually say. And it's very interesting to see Lushansky say that it's in his like top five, you know? So um, I'm, I'm, I'm finding that to be interesting. Starting to wonder if you watch this drunk. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you talking about the flat earthers. I think I've come up with the rationale for them. They're the people who want to want to play peekaboo, but not just play it, live like they're playing peekaboo. I have no Oh, I think I have another oh, interesting point I wanted to bring up is uh, the Moolians. It's not something that was made uh, out, of, out of just out of uh, ideas. It was actually a civilization that a writer named James Churchward proposed that is similar to Atlantis. It's a lost civilization just right. never discovered. So this goes back to the Nibiru theory in the Anunnaki. Uh, and it, this is a breakaway civilization idea that there's a, a whole separate DNA strand and that the illumined ones, the elites actually have a DNA that is complete. It's an alien DNA mm -hmm. compared to the, the normies on the planet, the, the humans. And it seemed like they were, they were doing that, but what's weird is that people started becoming Moolians and that was what was, that's where things got really bizarre for me watching the show is that characters who were, red-blooded started to become blue-blooded and then the question is why are that is that happening but at the same time it's like i kind of just didn't care at that point like it didn't it, the show didn't rip me enough to actually jury box that um jj abram that phrase he coined that he sort of threw together when he was creating lost about constantly throwing more and more things about the mystery and keeping the audience intrigued but i just didn't care enough to find out the the reason and I, and as i was watching the show to devote the attention it probably deserved you know what i mean so i, I just have, I have really conflicting opinions on it so say that again uh, that's fine you know yeah uh, it's not again it's not a show for everyone well, like I said, I'd like to, I'd like to, you guys have convinced me that it deserves another watch, but I'm just saying that my initial watching of it, the, the beginning conspiracy of the, of Tokyo Jupiter was so out there that it, it, I couldn't suspend my disbelief now. No, he froze. He froze. I was just saying. I was just saying that the the beginning conspiracy of Tokyo Jupiter was so out there, I, I hard to suspend my disbelief enough to actually continue giving the show the attention it probably deserved. You guys are bringing up some great arguments for why it would be worth revisiting, but I've, I've said that about a thousand times now. So, anyway, I think uh, you guys have anything else you want to say to wrap things up, or um, be safe today. Don't do drugs. Eat a lot of food. Just don't be suspicious. All right. So the next podcast, I believe, is May fifth. Is that correct? That's Maybe May third. Right. No, I think it's May May third. May third. And next time we're watching Mayo Cheeky. 
Yeah, let me let me just double check. For maids make May. Yes. So the next podcast will be on May third, and as Augie said, we'll be watching Mayo Cheeky, which is not where I thought it was. Um, so I'm not going to grab it. But yeah, we'll be watching Mayo Cheeky. Um, there's an English dub version, and there's a one that's sub only. Um, so be cautious which one you get. Uh, both all the versions are listed in the in the description if you wanted to uh, to get it from Amazon. Um, again, those are affiliate links. So some of that when you purchase it, Amazon will give the channel like 10% of whatever the cost was. But, uh, but as collectors, I suggest you guys find the best priced version, which may be Amazon's version. I don't know. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, we'll be watching Mayo Cheeky. And then on the following podcast, just so you guys can get this ahead of time. Um, let's see. So the next podcast is May 3rd. Uh, the podcast after that is May 17th, and for that podcast, we'll be watching Ladies versus Butlers. Uh, there's a Blu-ray and a DVD release of that. Uh, the DVD release is manufactured on demand, so I believe it's, um, I believe it is at least for that one, is uh, it's on burn DVDs. Uh, and then the next podcast after that, we have a third podcast in May this year, uh, so it'll be May 31st, and we'll be watching Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Um, so that particular one uh, has just come out did, did it get released today uh if you pre-ordered if you pre-ordered it from right stuff i got mine charged and they shipped it out today okay or yesterday. so it's coming it's coming out probably on the 8th then oh no i'm sorry not the 8th um it's probably coming out on the 23rd or the 24th so anyway uh it's coming out uh and you guys should uh I mean, if you if you want to get it ahead of time, so you're ready to um, to do it for the Watch Club, those are the the dates and everything. Anyway, guys, um, thank you for staying with us and uh, tuning in to the podcast. Thank you, that Mecca guy, for joining us. It's been great having you and having a. a, a I'm glad we had a differing opinion uh, about oh, yeah. the show because this would have been a very different podcast without somebody to inject. This would have been a very one sided ordeal. Thank you for coming in today you're welcome i'm glad you guys invited me over if you weren't here myself to actually try to sit down and rewatch the show <laughs> so i'm glad i'm glad to hear uh you had a different opinion anyway uh that's it for from us uh we'll see you guys on may 3rd right. take it easy